0: Spoiler alert for the upcoming episode, Tyler spoils, can you ever forgive me?
1: Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. And Kev. This week we
2: discuss if I can ever forgive Tyler for making me watch The Cat in the Hat.
1: That's the ultimate cosmic sin.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a weekly Marvel recap podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. My name is Tyler Borland.
2: And my name is Danny Vincent. And joining us today for our very special episode is our guest, Kevin Lau, a very good friend of mine. And he also hosts a podcast called Committed Critics.
1: Well, co-hosts. I'm not, I won't <laughs> give you too much credit. Yeah, well, you know, tomato, tomato. But hey, Tyler. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Before we start, I do want to ask, why is the title wrong? No one calls you guys Ty or Dan.
2: Kevin, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you after the show. First, we got to do MCU news. It's my part of the show where I get to host it, not Tyler. Rip. Anyway. (laughs) For our first bit of news is a little postmortem on WandaVision talk. Mm-hmm. A lot of details have eked out over the past week because I don't know if you noticed it ended so they can now talk about it. <laughs> um, a lot of details that I don't necessarily want to get into, aka I'm not opening up the Ralph Boner box again. <laughs> unless you guys want to. Well, <laughs> I, I, I want to start uh, the
1: Boner cast, okay? It's <laughs> it's all, all about Ralph Boner, my, my bro. <laughs>
2: Hey, I want it to be about Agnes Boner. Anyway. <laughs> um, so the, we have three bits of news here. Uh, well, two bits of news and often a little fun fact about mm-hmm. me. Uh, but anyway, uh, the first news was it was originally intended and written to be ten episodes, but COVID, along with other production, I think the production stop also did it, uh, cut it down to nine episodes, which might be why that last episode is super rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your guys' opinion on it? Would you prefer ten episodes? Would you prefer forty episodes? Would you prefer five episodes that were hour long each? <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, well, Danny, you wouldn't need ten episodes. You can do nine episodes. Just make them an hour each, and you make up that lost time. Just you make up more than that. Nice lost little time, Tyler. That's not how math <laughs> works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm not sure if it would benefit from a tenth episode because it's like. Uh, my my thoughts on WandaVision is that a lot of the first half of it kind of like is filler feels like filler at least um, and then when we get to the final like last three episodes it's something like oh now it's like plot 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 um, it's I, everything kind of got pushed uh, towards the end and then but I think with it cutting down to one episode they kind of like shot themselves in the foot that way
2: well this is the time of the show where I unveil some behind the scenes gossip Ooh. here and that's that Kevin invited me over to argue WandaVision from his podcast, and he took me back, <laughs> so now i can argue with him here, RIP. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that the first half of WandaVision is better than the second half, it is, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, tomato, uh,
1: to each their own, I think, on this one,
2: <laughs> hey, hey, Tyler, can you do me a favor, yeah, what's the name of this podcast?
0: Why is with Ty and Dan,
2: <laughs> is, is this Ty or Dan talking right now? <laughs> Oh my <laughs> True question. True question. There is no one named Tiger Dan on this podcast. So I don't know who they are. <laughs> anyway, moving I'm on. i uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: hey, Wait, did I say it too late? Uh,
2: moving on. <laughs> no, okay, th- to be clear. Uh, just so that way we don't alienate anyone else I fight on. Uh, it's you're totally okay to have your different opinion than us if you're guest on this podcast. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: it's okay.
1: Uh. Man, I can't believe I'm not allowed <laughs> anyway. to be different on why it is with Ty and Dan. Why is it this way? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you see, there's <laughs> Ty, there's Dan, and then there's Ann. This week, you're Ann. Oh,
0: sweet. <laughs> I'm the Anne. <laughs> Usually, Anne's pretty quiet. but. And
2: uh, anyway, so part of the stuff that was cut down was there was going to be a deleted scene. I didn't write down the full description of the deleted scene. Tyler, I know you have it in your text, but you don't need to look it up. We don't need to, we don't need to read the whole thing around. You can Google it. But there's going to be a scene where Monica, the kids, and, uh, Ralph, Ralph. <laughs> fight a
0: bunny demon that would be Senior Scratchy. I think this Ralph. would have been a cool scene to see. Like, uh... I know Evan Peters was supposed to be in this scene. Maybe we could have wrapped up his uh, Ralph story a little better. Um, uh, would have been kind of a weird scene, but I think this show could have used a little weird. Mm-hmm. I think that I want a closer with Ralph, but at the end, I wanted
2: Agnes to be like, now where's my husband Ralph? And then we would be like, oh, wow. Ralph would be like, oh, wow, I have a wife now. <laughs>
1: My
2: wife. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. What's your opinion on this? Uh scene?
1: So I actually don't know the details of it, but like it sounds. I mean, I don't know what what exactly happens. Like, what do they do besides meet Senior Scratchy? Go
0: <laughs> they dream. go. So they go down in the uh-huh. basement and they basically find Senior Scratchy, the rabbit. Yeah. Uh, like sitting up on top of this altar, and then he turns into this demon. Oh and they yeah and the, it.
2: He, they want the dark oh one. that's it they were chasing that's, the dark yeah
1: mold. okay oh uh,
0: well
2: but it would have given monica the kids and ralph something to do when the action climax right compared to what we got i feel like
1: it's a kind of out of left field though i mean does that be it well that's why senior scratchy's weird. actually a demon <laughs> <laughs> i was like what
2: <laughs> well i think i think it's implied that senior scratchy's like her animal familiar i wouldn't i would i personally if that happened i wouldn't be weirded out by it
1: i feel like i uh, would accidentally enforce a mephisto um idea like that they were they were trying the to mephisto avoid podcast. in the first place yes, you
2: heard? this is the mephisto podcast <laughs> so that's a good thing we want mephisto infinite mephisto crisis on <laughs>
3: <peace.
2: laughs> uh, but yeah uh and then also i don't know if you guys heard because we i hope you did tyler definitely should have because we discussed it on the air a few weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) but there's a bts podcast now on uh disney plus for wandavision Mm -hmm. and i took one for the team and i watched it uh we're not gonna really discuss it here but i will say um i think it's pretty good it's better than the mando one Oh, the the one for the second season of Mando. Because it's not just segmented episode by episode. It's a cohesive doc. It's like 50 minutes too, so it's longer than any episode of WandaVision. Tyler. Uh, so, um, I will say it's weird. There's like two things they don't cover that I think is bizarre they don't cover. And that's... They don't have any interviews with the kids on it. And... Um, the... Uh, they they go through the songs but they don't talk about agatha all along and it's kind of weird that they're like "Eh, that's not important to mention but i feel like it's the song everyone remembered from the show uh yeah but no it's an interesting it's i mean if you like bts stuff it's really cool uh it even like i was impressed more near the end where they like here's some visual effects stuff and it's not like they're talking about like vision or like harness they they do but then they also go like and here's how we decided to make the hacks look like TV. We did all this stuff of old TVs to get this particular look. I'm like, wow, you put a lot of work into something that no one cares about. Uh,
1: <laughs> hey, filmmaker. But yeah,
2: I guess that's the WandaVision news. Join us next week when I start screaming that we haven't watched WandaVision again. This is the WandaVision podcast. With
1: no more Dan Dan. No more WandaVision Eve.
2: WandaVision. What? with dan and what did dan? You say <laughs> after kevin sorry no more good mcu stuff i know uh anyway our next news don't worry i don't have anything interesting to say here so you guys can talk amongst yourself uh i won't hog the conversation uh, like i always do uh marvel <laughs> marvel is moving to australia they are moving from georgia to australia uh yeah
0: yeah sorry. i th- i think there are, there yeah, are lots too. of good op- opportunities here um Australia's got a very diverse landscape. Uh, and Shang-Chi's filming there, and I think maybe Thor 4. Thor 4, four okay. is
2: there, because remember the... Yeah, you have it as the next thing with Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that he's could in be coupled.
0: Well, if, if we confirm that Thor 4 was filming there, um, then I wanted to couple that with the news of Matt Damon also going to Australia for filming. And maybe, Danny, we're going to get our Disney Plus Matt Damon show. Please. I love Matt yeah. Damon. What so, do you think, Kevin? Do you want the Disney Plus? I, I do show? want the
1: Disney Plus Matt Damon show. I listened to that your pitch a couple of episodes ago. It was like, yeah, yeah, I'm down with this. Yeah. I even like sent we'll you like, like uh... a little bit to a uh, uh, scene idea or plot idea to like. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot to help about with that, that pitch where it's like uh, where these people are looking for Loki to get revenge on Loki, but then like they confuse Matt Damon for Loki. And Matt Damon has to act his way out <laughs> of that situation.
2: Yes. Yes. I just this like, is... I, 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 yeah, I would watch it. I would be so hyped It's it.
1: like Barry, but uh, like, especially because I would presume my
2: gal Val would be in it. My gal Val, <laughs> like the best Marvel hero Let's have that on the record. Like I, I get put on the record every week that Valkyrie is the best. Marvel character. <laughs> She's the only one movie, but she was instantly the best character. Uh, and our last bit of news, I've heard that is, Ha ha, Black Widow isn't moving, you losers. Woo woo. Uh, the CE, Bob Chapic, who I don't actually know what his title is at Disney, but they did an investor call this week. Uh, and it's the last investor call before Black Widow comes out. Ergo, if it was going to be moved or put on premium Disney+, Plus, it would have been announced this week. Or they would have been like, it's still in the air. Instead, he said nope it's coming out on main theaters only so that's it it's coming out uh first week of may All right. theaters only
1: well
2: yeah so i'm happy about mm-hmm. this because oh
1: well
3: i'm happy about this because i'm selfish <laughs> uh i'm back i'll be vaccinated by then
2: i can go see I, it. I might be vaccinated uh, by then
1: too so you know i hopefully i can see it
2: yeah uh yeah well yep. not that i vaccinated. not that not being vaccinated has stopped me from going to be <laughs> the because i'm reckless uh but that's me
1: i mean your theater uh, seems, seems to handle, handle that very well because... so your what? theater seems to handle it very well from what you've told me uh
2: well we won't get into <laughs> that here because i don't want to get into specifics of theater hygiene on this podcast uh but anyway uh yeah tyler yeah. Do you think no, you will come back soon? <laughs> I
0: say I say good on you Disney because finally we like we got some it's not necessarily solid like them solidly stating like this is when it's coming out um, cuz I guess they could still push it back for a later theater release date but at least it's just there's something more concrete because right now Black Widow's just kind of a carrot being dangled in front of us yeah. um, and I'm getting tired of carrots, so. Uh, but yeah, I hope well, that we're you know, back to, tired a, carrots, to a state of scratchy. He's Mephisto. Boom. I uh,
2: hope. What? Oh, and you know, I was gonna say some response to you for um, saying good on you, Disney. First off, let's not give Disney too much credit because just gave us Ralph bonus. <laughs> 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 but second, I do think it's nice how Disney uh, seems to have committed to May being the return date because they have three movies on the schedule for May. Mm. Which is pretty pretty good. I would say Black Widow's the only one I'm actually actively interested in seeing, but I'll probably see them all because I see everything always. Um, the other two are Free Guy and uh, the Cruella de Vil
1: reboot. <laughs> I didn't realize that was want to I, I want but... to put
2: on the record, uh, even though this is a Marvel podcast, I just want it on the record somewhere, that it is not a live-action remake. It is a reboot. Because we had two live-action 101 Dalmatian movies already. This is a reboot of the Corella franchise. This is not a remake of the animation. It's a reboot. I
1: forgot it was coming out but so anyway. soon.
2: Yeah, it's coming out um, Memorial Day weekend. Wow,
1: so, trailer just came out. Yeah, and
2: then I think Free Guy comes out the week before. Huh. So
0: Free Guy is the Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. film, yeah, it's the right? the Ryan Reynolds
2: one with yeah. as the bad guy. I'm excited about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah that's that's me though like in general i'm excited for
0: take. <laughs> i'm i'm honestly yeah i'm excited for black widow but also i'm really excited for uh movie theater popcorn because i've not had it since far from mm-hmm. home came out so uh, it's yeah it's I'm been, a, be been a long time coming do what
2: i will say uh in regards to movie theaters, uh this will be my one soapbox here But it's not actually a soapbox, it's just gonna be... This is Danny's random thought of the week, in regards to the state of cinema. Which is that, if you remember, uh, last week... I don't actually, I don't remember if we discussed on this podcast, but Fast 9 moved to, uh, Venom's date. But my annoyance came from me checking the other movies releasing the date and discovering that in the heights is coming out the same day and i really want to see in the heights in like a premium dolby or like an imax and it, it's gonna be venom in fast nine fight getting it in it will fight for scraps <laughs> so i'm mad now please move in the heights i don't care that it's on hbo max move it to a time where i'll get it in dolby thank you <laughs> this is danny's bit about lin-manuel randall <laughs> And with that, we can move from Lynn to In the Green Room. Womp, womp. Uh, well, you guys remember? Well, if you don't remember, uh, we'll get to it. Don't worry. <laughs> but me and Tyler gave each other movies last week. But that means we're going to start. Kevin, what you did you watch? Oh, so
1: my movie that I watched this week. Well, I actually watched two. First of all, I watched Promising Young Woman, which I originally wanted to talk about. But I realized it'd be difficult to discuss that one without spoiling the ending. Uh, Danny knows this. He's seen the movie uh but however i want to talk about another... Can i
2: give my brief thought on promising young woman before you give us your overthought because i did want to give a oh yeah
1: go is ahead okay? give us give us your thought uh
2: i just want the another thing i want on the record somewhere but it's because we're never, okay to be clear and it is i can make it mcu related tyler don't get mad at me okay please don't get mad at me <laughs> uh, uh but anyway so on the record uh promising young woman The best performance in it is Carrie Mm Mulligan, obviously, because she's... Oh, 100%. I have the opinion that the second best performance in it is Alfred Molina, who initially I thought I couldn't talk about because he's uncredited on the film, Mm -hmm. but he's apparently in the second trailer, so he's not a spoiler that he's in the movie. Uh, So I can talk about him. He's in the movie for 90 seconds, and he, like, immediately overwhelms it with, like, his acting ability. And... I'll be honest. Right now, he's still on my supporting actor ballot. <laughs> my own personal supporting actor ballot with only 90 seconds of screen time. He's that good. Oh, yeah. It. And uh, Tyler, he's going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home, so don't get mad at me. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. I... Kevin, back to the game. We're back
1: here. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Promising a Woman. Fantastic movie, uh, though. Highly recommend checking out. But what I really want to talk about instead is the other movie I watched uh, yesterday called Cosmic Sin which stars uh, Bruce Willis and Frank Grillo. And Frank Grillo, as we know, is crossbones in uh, the movie that we're talking about (laughs) later in this episode. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, Yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, Don't worry, you're not not fired. not fired. (laughs) Not yet. We're not cutting the segment yet. Uh, but, yeah, it stars Bruce Willis <laughs> and Frank Grillo, but they never appear in the same shot together. Uh, when, it, when there's one shot where they kind of do, but it's, like, it's very clear that it's, like, a stand-in for Bruce Willis. You see the back of his head, but there's one part where, he, like, he turns his head a little bit, and you're like, that's not Bruce Willis. <laughs> and then, uh... <laughs> Uh, every time, every shot of Bruce Willis was like obviously shot separately because the lighting is way different, like overexposed <laughs> <laughs> compared to everything else in the room.
3: Why
2: did you watch it? I watched it
1: as a screener because I had to write a review for CRP Rights. So it comes out the day that we record it. Wait, so.
2: Kevin, you write somewhere? You should pay Yeah, Yeah,
1: so I'm a, I'm a film critic slash essayist for CRPrights.com. Um, so it's just it's just movie reviews, TV reviews. So my Cosmic Re- Sin review will be up very soon, um, and then I'll be reviewing the show Invincible when it comes out on Amazon Prime.
2: I'm actually. I'm. I'm are you gonna watch that, Tyler? I'm pretty interested in that.
0: I've not. I've not it's heard. Show. What's
2: oh. it about? <laughs> uh, Kevin, do you, you probably actually know? I, what yeah, I actually. Video. I read the. I, I read the that, comic. I just read <laughs> things.
1: I what? actually. I read the whole comic uh, right before the the last trailer released. Um,
2: okay well could you give us the pitch Cause I, I honestly don't know anything about it other than I've heard that the comic yeah
1: so Invincible is about, uh, about high schooler Mark Grayson who is the son of the world's greatest hero Omni-Man Omni-Man is like the Superman type hero in this universe uh, then one day Mark Grayson starts developing the same powers as his dad and wants to be a hero just like his dad but then he finds out that the, his powers may not be as heroic as they thought it was that maybe his origins dun, dun, dun. might be evil. What? Whoa. Um, I think the
2: animation on the show
1: looks yeah cool
2: too. It looks very Korra esque, which is a positive. For yeah, me. You know it's what based, I mean? based yeah. on the
1: comic uh by Robert Kirkman uh who created what The Walking Dead, um the the comic is really incredible. One hundred forty one hundred forty four issues over a fifteen year run, um that tells one complete story. Um. Well, So, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I just want to say that like it's not so we know where we're, you know, I know, I don't not to diss on MCU, but you know how they, sometimes we feel like there's not enough consequences in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh inv- Hey, that's that's the movie we're talking about today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <go> um, on. <laughs> but uh it with Invincible there's always consequences. There's always Im- everything every action has emotional repercussions. The violence is not held back at all. Uh and it's really fantastic. Not one for the kids. Uh but I'm really looking forward to watching on Amazon prime.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can go back. To <laughs> Sorry. I, well, well, cause I thought it was important for you to mention what you write for. Yeah, me, for
1: so. sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love uh, invincible. Hey guys, you love superheroes. Check out invincible. Really good.
2: Yeah. I, I want to check it out. It's on prime, right? Yeah. March
1: prime, 26th. Right? Uh, first three episodes, Aaron prime cool. each eight, it's an eight episode season. Each episode is a full hour long. Tyler. <laughs> all right well actually that's really cool for yeah it's really especially for like streaming that's really interesting anyway back to your
2: movie (laughs) sorry so cosmic (laughs)
1: Sun. yeah i think it was about aliens and time travel but i'm not 100 certain the plot makes zero sense (laughs) 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 like like you, you started with this opening shot of like bruce willis falling from the sky in his mech suit and with intercut with like uh Factoids of like the timeline of this world, um, so it's like the year twenty four, twenty five, or whatever. Twenty four, twenty five. <laughs> and and then, so and then, like you know, like you know, these two people are about to like they sneak into an uh, army base and they're about to do the thing. And then, like they're like, oh, maybe there's an alien out there. And then they, and then I guess an alien shows up. It doesn't show it, uh, but then there's everyone starts talking about first contact, and. <laughs> They bring the they rush these people to quarantine an army base and then they turn to zombies that know how to shoot guns. Um, but the zombies are taken. Oh, oh my goodness! Bruce Willis shoots them yeah, with a bazooka, awesome. so are they're you all breaking taking an
2: embargo by telling us all this. <laughs>
1: I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm not gonna like drag on this too long. But yeah, no. Bu- Bruce Willis shoots a bazooka at <laughs> the zombies, and they're gone for the rest of the movie. <laughs> 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 then it's like, oh, the aliens are going to attack. We got to do something. And then like, they, I think they travel through time to stop a war, but it's not 100 percent clear that they're traveling through time. They just say the word quantum a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, so it's like man. <laughs> when was this released?
1: Release releases today, as we speak, in theaters. Oh, <laughs>
2: okay. So, okay, I was worried that like you might be breaking an embargo and getting no. us in trouble with the law. But if it's out today, there's no embargo. exactly. Yeah, so... that's why I'm
1: totally cool with talking about it. uh <laughs> Cool.
2: What's it? Is it an Netflix movie? It's, so
1: it, it's no. It's a it's a it's a video on demand movie, but it has a theater release. It's something you have to pay for. No. Well, so it had a theater. It says it releases in theaters and also on video on demand. Um. So I didn't have to pay for it. I got a screener. Uh. Through the. Uh...
2: No. No. I mean, though, like if I wanted to watch it, I have to pay for it. It's
1: not. Like not... <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, you gotta pay for it, man.
0: You have to pay thirty dollars for it or Riot in the Last Dragon <laughs> Danny.
1: Hey, I think this is twenty dollars actually.
2: Well, there you go. again, Promising Young Woman is $20 and Minari, so go for exactly. those. Exactly,
1: but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lifeless movie. It's, ter- it's It has a simple plot, but it's hard to unravel what it is because of the complex, unnecessarily complex world building, but 100% would we watch it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <Okay.
2: laughs> that was a ride. <laughs> Maybe if it's on Netflix at the end of the year, Kevin, but until then, I'm not spending money on it. <laughs> <Yeah>, don't. <laughs> Speaking of movies I had to spend money on this week. <laughs> <laughs> how, how was Cat in the Hat, Danny? Uh, okay, well, let's get the critique, the, the, the verdict out of the way first. It's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I will give it credit. I smiled maybe twice during it. I will have on the record, though... That I never smiled at Mike Myers and I never smiled at Alec Baldwin. Oof. They're both grating in this. It is <laughs> a grating movie. It is garish. It is I have I have a few things I want to mention that have nothing to do with the quality of the movie, really. But okay, first off, Emmanuel Lubeski shot this, who the name I think Kevin should recognize, because we went to film school and Tyler, I don't blame you if you don't recognize him. Emmanuel Lubeski is one of the greatest living cinematographers. Mm-hmm. He won best cinematography at the Oscars three years in a mm-hmm. row. That's how good he is. But he shot the cat in the hat.
1: <laughs> And I'll never forgive him for that. Look, man, maybe he just needed the needed some cash. <laughs> Pulling some favors.
2: Well, yeah, no, because okay, here's the thing is though at the around the same time he also shot the series of unfortunate events movie. But the series of unfortunate events movie actually looks mm-hmm. good. Like it is a well shot movie uh this is well okay i can't blame him for this movie the issue with this movie is production design and the costume mm-hmm. design no matter how he shoots it it's gonna be ugly and gross um and i don't want to okay so ragging on the cat and hat isn't really fun because everyone hates the cat and the hat right i love that like, movie it's like
1: it's, <laughs> oh well i watched it when yeah, i was four it maybe soft, i don't soft. know i hope your it come yeah. out <laughs>
2: it's
0: an 03 was
2: it 03 yeah i saw on the wikipedia page that it opened over looney tunes back in action that just got me more mad because i like looney tunes back in action i think it's better than space jam oh yeah but what Uh, about that
0: smash mouth album though (laughs) anyway
2: (laughs) it's the most 2003 so my issue with the cat in the hat is besides the obvious issues is that like first off it's live action it shouldn't be live action it should be a cartoon but more importantly Mike Myers, you you, you tried to sell us on me last week, Tyler. You might like it. There are so many innuendos. There shouldn't be windows in a Cat in the Hat movie. It should be for children. <laughs> None of these jokes are funny. It's just like, oh, the Cat in the Hat has a boner. That's so funny. No, it's not. It's gross. Oh, the Cat in the Hat is calling someone a dirty hoe. Okay,
3: great. What?
2: And like i checked when the runtime came in it's like 72 minutes is when the credits start to roll and i was like Ugh, this was still like 75 minutes too long uh so, so. <laughs> um but the other thing i want to mention is oh okay i gotta mention the bops because you have that in the notes as you want me to yeah talk about the bops, bops. they're garbage <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're completely forgettable <laughs> songs they're not good <laughs> uh, oh and everything I hate like un, 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 It's just so cynical the, can, the Dr. Su shouldn't be cynical And it's like there's a joke where it's like This reminds me of roller coaster. That reminds me of Universal Studios Ask your parents to go there and I'm just like this is gross I get that it's like tongue in cheek But it's like stupid mm-hmm. And it's annoying and I hate it uh, <laughs> And uh, the bops This is what I thought was interesting I looked up who wrote the songs You know who wrote the songs? It's Mark Scheiman, who is a name that you guys probably don't know, but he wrote the songs for Hairspray. He wrote the songs for Mary Poppins Returns. He is oh, a well-regarded wow. musical writer. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: I guess he wasn't yet at the
2: point of this movie.
0: Uh, well, see the but... charming—the charming thing about this film, what little <laughs> charm it may have, is—is is that it is so self-aware that. It's just, we're like, hey, we're along we're along You're, for the ride. You
2: actually led me into my big point. Thank you, Tyler. Uh-huh. You, you didn't, he, he doesn't know what my big point is, <laughs> so this is a nice coincidence. Um, so I have this thing that I came up with since the Boss Baby came out that I call Obnoxious Core. Because around the time the Boss Baby came out, I think that was when Paddington 2 came out. Or it came yeah, out the like year before or, or something. Somewhere around there, yeah. Paddington to come out, and there was hype for Paddington 2. Yeah. What? what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Paddington 2 is like Everyone's like Oh this nice core thing is so great I love this idea that movies are just trying to be nice again And like nice core continues on to the state. Ted Lasso is considered nice core uh, And I came up with this idea called obnoxious core Where it's like this movie is so obno- A movie is so obnoxious That you gotta appreciate it Cause it's like It just goes for it And it's obnoxious in such a way that you have to admire it And I coined the term with The Boss Baby I think the Boss Baby is a legitimately very entertaining mm-hmm. film. Uh, and I'd say the same. The other, my, my other examples I use for it is Cars 2. Which, as I've said before, best Cars movie. Agreed. Uh, and then there's also... what? No, Cars 2. Because Cars 3 isn't obnoxious. neither is Cars mm-hmm. 1. Cars 2 is like... First off, it ignores the entire... One of these days I'm going to watch Cars 2 on this <laughs> podcast. And I'm going to talk about it. Like, Please really invite once. me on for that. But basically, my argument on why Cars 2 is the best is that... Cars One is a movie about cars that is slow. That is stupid. A car movie should be fast paced. Second off, more importantly, as Cars One sets up all these details rules on how the car should work like they go to they get the fuel tanks, their windshields are in their eyes. like you know they're all cartoon rules, but they work. Cars 2 completely breaks those rules. In the first 20 minutes, Mater sees wasabi, which wasabi shouldn't exist in the world. He goes, is that ice cream? Ice cream shouldn't exist in the world either. And then he puts it in his car mouth when the previous movie established that they only do gas tanks. And it just constantly breaks the rules of its own world. And then it implies weird stuff like there's a Pope mobile, which means there had to be a Jesus-mobile at one point. And it's great. I love it. The climax is built around... Lightning McQueen going, no, no. So, Mater has a bomb, like, strapped to his trunk, right, in Cars Uh 2. And it's built around – the climax is him going, there is a bomb on me. And Lightning's like, but I just want to be friends with you. And you are the bomb. I agree. And he's like, no, get away from me. There's a bomb. You are the bomb. And it just keeps going (laughs) on. (laughs) It is such a terrible movie. But I got to appreciate it because everyone in that movie is just trying to make a good movie for kids There is no like, oh, look at how bad this is, you know? It's very like, it's very like, we're trying. And the last one of those movies i put on there is Cats. Uh, And Cats is the only live action movie. I put that in air quotes because Cats is like in a weird gray Mm -hmm. area of being live action and not live action. uh, That qualifies. Because again, I feel like with all three of those movies, everyone was trying their hardest to just at least make something entertaining. And they did not give a shit about the other messages the movie might give. The Cat in the Hat doesn't qualify under this. Because The Cat in the Hat is too Mike Myers winking at the camera. It is not sincere enough to qualify for Obnoxious Core. Because you can tell Mike Myers knows it's just a paycheck. Whereas with all these other movies I'm talking about, they put effort into it. The actors in it, the voice actors in it, they put effort into it. This, it's like, Mike Myers is like, he's like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want as long as you put a camera on me. And thank God they only record for 70 minutes because I was... That's the one thing I can say that's positive about this. It's not two hours long. And, like, and it's not... It's, that's not... That's a legit compliment to give it because, like, the live-action Grinch movie is two hours long. Oof. Um But, yeah. The Cat in the Hat is bad, but more importantly, it doesn't fall under obnoxious core. Uh, one of these days I should, like, uh, really, like, solidify a list of obnoxious core films. I think the live-action Death Note might qualify it for it, too. But I don't like it as much as the other ones. No, actually, no. The live-action Dead Note movie is just bad. I don't know if I'm saying that it's good. Because I think, I think the three I mentioned, Cars 2, Cats, and uh, The Boss Baby, they're all legitimately good movies. The Cat in the Hat is not. That's my rant, Tyler. Do you have any questions?
0: No. No, that's good.
2: All right. Now, I have a question. Can you ever forgive me for that rant? of yeah. killing your favorite film of all time?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I watched uh, <laughs> Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, starring Melissa McCarthy and Richard Grant. Richard uh, E. Grant.
2: Keep the E in there. Richard Sorry. E. Grant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry.
0: So I went into this film and the only other Melissa McCarthy films that I had seen, she was trying to be funny and I found her very obnoxious. Hey. Obnoxious this... Hey. yeah. again. Um, but... Is Ken you're forgiving obnoxious core? But is this obnoxious (laughs) core? But
2: this,
0: (laughs) but this film, um, I I forgive Melissa McCarthy. Um, Don't try to be funny. Stay more towards the serious stuff because uh, there was definitely like she was well grounded throughout the entire film, and I really. I didn't want to feel bad for her because we know that she's a criminal, and but uh, it's also like I couldn't help feeling bad for her, and I think that's the it's the human connection. Um, it's just seeing somebody in a in such a low state that it's like, hey, I you know I I, I feel for you. I hope that things get better for you. Um, However, I will say, as good as her performance was, Richard E. Grant stole the show from the very first moment that he came on camera, and he's in this film less than her. But yeah, holy crap, this guy can act, and I can't believe that I've not seen anything. He's in Logan. Not seen anything with him before. Well, oh wait, he is in Logan. Logan. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I've seen seen Logan. I've seen it once. He's Um, very
2: forgettable in it, though. So I don't. Yeah, yeah,
0: he is. But uh, no, I totally buy into your Mephisto, uh, your Richard E. Grant Mephisto theory from a few weeks back, Danny. Uh, Because he's going to be in Loki, and
2: we're going to be so excited when he pops up. Even if he's not playing Mephisto, I'll just be like, it's Richard E. Grant, he's here!
0: Danny will take pictures of his screen and send me me over text message. (laughs) I I will let you,
2: you you have more to say, I know, but I do want to brag about my Richard E. Grant story again. I think I've bragged on this podcast before but he during oscar season he did this thing where he went to the oscar luncheon because he was nominated for this movie uh which is he should have won in my opinion mm-hmm. he, he was the best yeah. supporting actor that year definitely and i saw all the noms uh but yeah he's really great uh but i retweeted one of his pictures like this is huge uh this was back when my twitter was public uh was like this gives me huge vibes of when uh i was in high school graduationist running around taking selfies of everyone and then he liked my my quote tweet. I was like, Richard D. E. Grant, noticed me <laughs> ah!
0: <laughs> This is when we were we were still in school, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. This Yeah I out, remember uh, you mentioning
0: this over lunch.
2: Yeah, this yeah, uh, yeah this when did this movie come out? No, it didn't come out when we were in school.
0: It came it out uh, it I do remember out, you mentioning
2: I might have mentioned it on the podcast before when I suggested this movie or when I mentioned my Richard D. Grant theory. Um but no, this movie came out uh, the 2018. It was Oscar season 2018. Uh, I think this movie. Well, you know what? I'll give your. Th- let, I'll let you finish your thoughts on it. Then I'll give you yeah. a little bit of my thoughts because you didn't give that much of your own thoughts on Cat in the Hat. Uh, but I do want to say one thing about it. But anyway.
0: Okay, so you're gonna hate me for this, but my t- the tearjerker moment um, was not the moment of when she's like bearing witness to all that she's all the wrong that she's done um to me that that moment is what felt like they were they were queuing up to be the big uh catharsis but to me it was the moment of her of her finding her dead cat
2: oh actually yeah that's a good yeah Because that's actually—I I, remember I the was the tearjerkery moment to me. But that's yeah. a good—that—that that I remember really hitting me when I that, saw
0: that And that spoiler, the by the way. No, yes. Well, we'll add
2: a disclaimer to the beginning of the episode. Of Tyler's going. Spoiler! I okay, spoil, you're <laughs> this. <laughs> but sorry, go on. <laughs> but you—you uh, you can talk about it. It's okay. But Kevin, you—you yeah. you really should check out. This
1: movie.
0: <laughs> I adore this movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll
1: just cover here. my ears. Go on, but.
0: But yeah, the the when that one moment, I like, she's she's already like I said earlier, she's already at the lowest of her lows, and you know it's kind of like, well, I hope, I I just hope something will turn up for her, and then that the tearjerker moment
2: in the movie is uh, it's the end, like the final, I don't know if it's the final scene, but the last scene with her and Richard E. Grant together. That scene just makes me bawl every time. Mm. That, so that much was a really good scene. I was going so to ask what was how they're acting.
0: What, what was her Oscar-winning? She it didn't win overall this.
2: performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't watch. I don't. I don't remember what her Oscar clip was. Gotcha. Uh, I think Richard E. grant's was one of the bar scenes though, where he's really drunk. Cause it's hard to act drunk. And yeah. most of his stuff that's serious is very spoilery. Uh, Not that that stops the Oscars, but, you know. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, Neither of them won for this. Uh, It was nominated for three Oscars. Uh, It was nominated for Richard E. Grant and Melissa McCarthy were both nominated, and then it was nominated in an adapted screenplay. Uh, My hot take on that is I am always... So, have I talked about this before? About on the... I've talked, to this, actually, I've talked to you, Kevin, about this. Not on the podcast, obviously, because you're not here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the Oscars... Um, the way the Oscars generally work is a studio picks a movie to be their main mm-hmm. contender. And then they have, like, secondary contenders. And I think Can You Ever Forgive... And Marielle Heller, right, uh, is the director of Can You Ever Forgive Me? And she's been screwed mm-hmm. twice with this. Because uh, she is always the not the first priority. Um, for this year, it was the year The Favorite came out. And The Favorite got, like, ten nominations. And so... Can you Forgive Me didn't get all the studio's attention. And then the, her next movie she did was the Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks. And that was at Sony. Singer they had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Little Women. So her movie was not nearly as big a priority to campaign as those other two. Uh two. But anyway, one of these days she's going to get nominated for like something big. And she's a, she'll win Best Director, I know. Because I love her as a director. She's also in... I don't know. If, have you, ever, you guys watched The Chess Show? The... But- Oh, <laughs> i was about to say like the queen's <laughs> Gambit. no i haven't seen it yeah, yet Cheshire.
0: I she's in seen it. it she
2: acts in it oh okay uh, yeah she's really good but anyway uh do you have anything else you want to say about can you ever forgive me tyler yeah that was um, actually my big point i wanted to make at the end of it was like how i think this was wrong this should have been nominated everywhere <laughs> this should've... but the yeah.
0: the uh atmosphere of this of this movie i like it, it could have gone off as your stereotypical thr- uh, thriller i mean it really i mean it could have gone that way it could have gone off as a thriller it could have gone as uh not necessarily action it could have been something way more than what it wasn't but it it wasn't blown out of proportions and yeah. it was true to its to its tone and uh i think that's what it was well-grounded, and that's what I liked the most about it. Um, the atmosphere yeah, is was... just...
2: It feels very winter.
0: Yeah. I don't know
2: if that makes sense, but, like, there's a lot of movies that, like... I think it's very hard for a movie to catch a tone of a mm-hmm. season. And I think this movie does it perfectly. Uh, the last thing I want to mention about... I'm glad it connected with you, Tyler, because I actually thought there was a good chance it wouldn't. Uh, to me, Can You Ever Forgive Me really, like... So, when I saw it, when it came out, I had just graduated. Uh, it was the fall after we graduated. And I moved to Chicago, and I hadn't really, in back, I hadn't really made much new friends there. I was kind of just keeping in contact with college friends over text and seeing movies after work. Because when you first start working somewhere, it's not like your co-workers really want to start hanging <laughs> out with you immediately, right? Uh, which it's yeah. true. Uh, and to me, Can You Forgive Me is partially, a, it's about a lot of things. That's what I like. Marielle Mary Heller's movies are really complicated in theme. Uh, but I think one of the things it's about is loneliness, but moreover about the cycle of loneliness and how if you mm. don't want to be lonely, you have to put in the work.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and I don't actually think Melissa McCarthy's character... I think Miss McCarthy's character acknowledges that she needs to put in the work, but then she never actually does the change, which yes. to me is more devastating than anything else in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is why I adore the ending, because it's like, at least she has Richard E. Grant, uh, but
0: isn't that something we all that... wish we could say. <laughs> Uh
2: But yeah, I'm glad you really liked it. Uh, to me, it's a very, it's a very underrated movie. I actually, I, did, I, if I had more time this week, I would revisit it too. I'm talking off memories from when I saw it in theaters. I haven't watched it since theaters, but I have a very vivid memory of it. Uh, it's one of those movies that really I was like, yeah. Mm. Kevin, you gotta watch it. Everyone here's gotta watch it. Don't watch Cat in the <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> no,
0: no, don't watch Cat in the I mean, Danny just hates well, it because I well, thought you owner loved it.
2: it. You know what, Tyler? Before, before <laughs> Danny, we go I'm gonna let you give
0: your thoughts on Cat in the Danny, I'll Let, you, let okay, you go on my, the record for your actual thoughts. Okay. <laughs> I said what I needed to say to get you to have to watch it last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, and it worked. box <laughs> It gets Danny to Go into a film so. <laughs> uh, I, don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'll I do, forgive you I do want just <laughs> listeners you should know that the whole week I was texting Danny just randomly just bops just randomly <laughs> throughout the week <laughs> there's only two songs in it <laughs> I, mean, I was expecting I was expecting him to say something I was building up to this moment uh, on Thursday night where he would text me and be like where are the bops but I didn't get anything out of well, it. Okay, well, okay, okay. I didn't know when the last itself. time you saw
2: this was, okay? I had no <laughs> idea when the last time you saw this was. So I had assumed that, like, oh, maybe he just doesn't remember There's only two songs.
0: <laughs> I also, yeah, <laughs> I also thought there were more songs, so.
2: <laughs> but I was just kind of like, well, you know, I'll just be quiet
0: and I'll bring it up while we're
2: recording, because, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then so, I Tyler, it. not Tyler, sorry. So, mm-hmm. Kevin, Yeah. before we move on, would you say Cosmic Sin falls under Cat in the Hat Bad, Obnoxious Core Cinema, or Can You Ever Forgive Me levels of actual <laughs> quality? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess not the last one. <laughs> I, I, I
1: highly <laughs> doubt it's the last one. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is not... I, I don't know if it's a it's not obnoxious core that's for sure it's just it's just a confused movie <laughs> that thinks it's awesome <laughs> one
2: of these days I want to I, I, I don't know what if this podcast would make sense for it I want to like break down with people what is an obnoxious core movie I want to come up with more of a canon than hey
1: films I think I'm sure there we are- can do that on committed critics. Uh, I think that's a good, that's a really cool yeah, topic for you us be on
2: your show. We can talk about my concept of obnoxious. Yeah,
1: lore. no, I mean, I feel like that's a really cool I mean like, or just like made up genres that we made up or something. I think it's a really cool discussion. Yeah, yeah. topic.
2: Well, yeah. Well, if you do, you have to watch the boss. I- I've seen the see boss baby. <laughs> good. Cause I think, I think the boss baby is more than cars two and cats and obnoxious.
1: Yeah, I'd say so too. I mean, I also, I also think, yeah, the boss baby, like you said, is like ge- a genuinely good movie too.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the other two are mm-hmm. good too. I
1: mean, I think I, I think Kevin. I told you back in college, was like, "Hey, Cars two isn't that bad," and you're like, "No, you're wrong." And then you, you watched it, and you're like, "Actually, you're right."
2: Oh, I don't remember. I, I maybe, maybe you maybe
1: did. Uh, maybe I want to say that has uh, happened, but
2: it may- can I? Okay, we will move on, Tyler. <laughs> don't worry. But I do want to give very quickly since we brought it up. Can I give my boss baby story here? It's actually kind of funny. I think Kevin knows it. I don't think Tyler. I, I want to do. say
1: I think I've heard it before. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so when I was in college, actually, Tyler, I feel like you had to have caught my boss baby rolling joke because I, I kept it going for a bit. Uh, I probably did. But... It was my junior year, so when we first met, is uh, I don't know if we were actually really close <laughs> yet, though. So maybe I kept it, did, did we do it <laughs> anyway? I, we, no, me and no. My friend, it's just Dan it was like,
0: it was it was when we first met on that <laughs> yeah, fateful no, day, <laughs> way back in the the old way back times. in. Was it voice? Yeah, way back voice class, yeah.
2: But anyway, so me and a friend Dan Hydorn, uh, we we the Boss Baby trailer came out right, and we were just so fascinated
1: <laughs> by it. As a I remember this too well. And like I have,
2: so there's like two trailers that I watched so much that I have probably still memorized. One of them is the Man of Steel trailer that is, like, a legitimate masterpiece of a trailer. But <laughs> then everyone is the Boss Baby trailer. I can do it right now. It starts with the... Do-do-do-do. Timmy Templeton was just an ordinary kid. <laughs> but I went to the whole thing. Uh, don't worry. Uh, but anyway. So we really, like, we're hyped for it. Because we're like, what is this? Why is why this exist? So we're like, we're going to go on opening night. So we go on opening night. It's Thursday night in March. Week after spring break. Uh, actually... Tyler, I was in Torak around this time. This was going on, so I'm kind of surprised you didn't hear. But anyway,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, well, I, I was in Torak. What I do you remember me doing this during Torak, talking about the Boss Baby? <laughs> do, no, I think I do remember you saying something. I think you had a whole, a whole uh, spiel about Boss Baby, like before rehearsal. Yeah, one night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: Wait, then yeah. that was your that was your senior year, uh, but- Danny. Then.
0: No, 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 no. I was in
2: Torak my junior year. Narnia was oh. my senior year. Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, so we go on opening night to the boss, baby. Uh, it's great. Well, okay, it's not great. I gave it three stars initially. Now it's like a three and a half, uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Uh, a three and a half is Out not of a ten. bad grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it, I, I consider three and a half a B, but, which is good. B is good. Um, but anyway, so... <laughs> It's me, and Dan Hydorn, And there's another guy sitting in the top row alone. We're like, huh, okay. Uh, and I had looked up online beforehand and there was an after credits scene. So I was like, oh man, we got to stay for the credits of the boss baby. We got to get the full experience. <laughs> but then we're sitting there waiting for the credits to end, me and Dan Hydorn, And the guy walks down. He's like this huge, he's tall, he's, I don't want to, he's he's big boned. He's a big bone man. canceled <laughs> He's got like a Santa beard and he just goes, Did you guys enjoy the film? And we're like, Uh yeah. And he's like, Why are not you go anywhere? We're like, uh, we're waiting for the credits then and He just goes, Oh yeah, you always gotta make sure that you get the whole movie And then he just sits down and we're like <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> And then me and Dan Horner were completely silent. <laughs> Even though we were laughing the entire movie, we were completely silent during it. Okay, we can move on, but I got one last obnoxious core movie that I just want to put on the record, and we can immediately move on to our actual discussion. Monster Trucks is an obnoxious core movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one knows what Monster Trucks is. I know so what I'm it is. It I just
1: haven't All seen right. it. Spoiler alert!
0: From this point on, we will be discussing spoilers for Captain America Civil War. Although, you you shouldn't really be spoilers. So, get Disney Plus and watch Captain America Civil War. And then come back. Uh, We don't claim to
2: have knowledge of future spoilers of Captain America Civil War (laughs) 2. Because I don't think we're ever going to get one. We're also not going to address any leaks of Captain America Civil War (laughs) 2. I don't, forget. There are no uh, I don't
1: know man so, i saw the civil war poster <laughs> outside my movie theater y- yesterday i think they're playing it again i think that's a leak
2: <laughs> oh my gosh that's like, confirmed it's actually a good call for these movie theaters not gonna lie because falcon and winter soldier will be out and that's why we're mm. covering it that's a good that's a good yeah bill. actually that actually is actually is really idiot. smart
1: of them now that i think about it
0: yeah
2: all right so Captain America Civil War. Tyler, what's your general thoughts?
0: All right. So this has one of my favorite cold opens. Um, It's got my favorite chase scene out of the MCU. It's got my favorite plot twist. And the fight choreography is extremely well done. Uh, I saw this film three times while it was in theaters, which is the only MCU film I watched that many times before home release. Um I also like that this film was not only a continuation of Bucky Cap and Sam but also a response to Age of Ultron. Anyways, Kevin, yeah. what, what did you what are your general thoughts?
1: Uh, I think it's still a very fun movie after all these years uh that's been out with 5 years almost now. Um
0: yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh.
2: You made me feel <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, it's been 5 years since I was a sophomore in college. It's crazy. Wow. Uh i have no idea man
1: time is time is a fickle mistress thing (laughs) (laughs) to be fair we just went through a decade yeah but uh yeah i don't usually feel nostalgia for movies but like some of the bigger movements in this movie it brought me back to the when i watched it opening night in imax 3d uh just all like the moments where it's like oh my gosh like this is happening this is happening um the and the the end credit sequence too like i actually really like I just remember watching it in the theater, and just like when Tom Holland's name appeared, everyone cheered. Um, and Chadwick Boseman, everyone cheered as well. It was just kind of like you know, it was a nice, yeah, That's cherry cool. on top of like that theater experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I well, go ahead. Oh,
2: sorry, you have more to say. Sorry.
1: Well, I have. First,
2: I will. uh I will talk about my theater experience in this movie, and I'll get my actual thoughts because you just gave me uh, a good thing mm-hmm. to say, uh, which is. My good friend Julius Who I've mentioned before on this podcast At some point we'll have him on But I don't know for what Because he's not really super into Marvel Uh, But anyway we'll have him on at some point Uh, But anyway We we saw We saw this movie uh, With the SIU uh, When they would rent the theater And you could buy $2 tickets to it on opening Mm -hmm. night So I saw it with Julius And we got the trailer for X-Men Apocalypse Before it and I don't know if you guys remember the trailer for Captain America Civil War, where the last trailer revealed Spider-Man at mm-hmm. the end. It was like a huge yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the X-Men Apocalypse trailer <laughs> tried to rip it off.
1: Oh, no. And
2: it, the end of the trailer it was like the reveal of the Wolverine Claws. And it's like, okay, so Wolverine's in an X-Men movie. That's so mm-hmm. exciting. But <laughs> Julius Julius just screams in the theater, Oh my god, Spider-Man's <laughs> in this! <laughs> <laughs> laughing at that um that's my <laughs> theater experience with this movie no one was really applauding at the mo- they applauded during a the giant man reveal that was a big mm-hmm. applause moment mm. um so my opinion on civil war is weird because i think i i'm in no offense to both of you guys i think i come from a different general community in terms to marvel movies like how reactions because i'm very into the film you yeah so Kevin, like right? I, I do I'm have criticisms like of this movie snob. So. i'm i do have what? criticisms
1: of this movie that we'll dig into later
2: well no i just more mean like where i come from like among my friends i think i'm the most surrounded by film snobs you might be (laughs) Uh, too. i think i'm the Uh, most
1: i I tend to be the snobbiest but i don't really i try to be like very nice to everyone though no no offense you just had a podcast defending the star wars prequels hey it wasn't my idea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: anyway, um, no no that's i did listen to that episode mm-hmm. before yeah before it's good recording. it's a good episode Kevin, yeah yeah that was a good check episode. out, check out and, his podcast guys and to <laughs> kevin's credit he did try giving away his star wars fan card yeah, i did multiple <laughs> yeah, I times i don't i don't like so, talking
1: about star wars <laughs> but zach and ryan love yeah, well, star we don't wars this
0: podcast either other than the one time a
2: few weeks ago where i got tired and missed the last Jedi. i has at least one positive quality Still proud of that. anyway that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, oh, no. So, I come from, like, a community that is... My, well, most of my friends are pretty snobby about Marvel movies. And I don't mean, like... That sounds more negative than I mm-hmm. wanted to. They, I think a lot of them don't like them for good reasons. Like, for example, my rant a few weeks ago about... Uh, my initial rant about my fear of... Uh, Evan Peters playing a fake PHR that ended up becoming yeah. true. <laughs> but, like, my initial my initial uh, rant there, right? Uh... Anyway, uh, so to me, Civil War actually has a reputation among that group of being one of the worst Marvel movies, Uh, which is because of the lack of stakes is always is what's quoted because the Russo's action is, I would say this is the most anonymous their action is in any of the MCU movies. Maybe Endgame as well, but Endgame at least, I think Endgame is their best plotted movie Mm -hmm. personally, or at least the most emotionally resonant film for obvious reasons. Uh, But anyway uh, What I was going to say is I always find myself defending this movie But I also This watch I was like I think I might have said Too much positive things about it I still think it's a good mm-hmm. movie I think it falls apart On rewatch because there's a lot of slow bits That aren't interesting slow bits Like I hate to be like slow bits are bad But like so WandaVision right it has a ton of slow moments But it's good because it's actually built it Like well okay The slow moments with Wanda and Vision mm-hmm. are good <laughs> Let me clarify there But the slow moments with the characters that we like are good In this there's a lot of slow moments with a lot of the characters Who we should like like Cap and Tony both have multiple scenes in this movie Where I'm kind of like alright get yeah. to the point You know um, But I do think ultimately Civil War Is a good Marvel movie But I do think it is If I had to make a list of the All like 24 of them It'd be upper middle, maybe closer to middle. Uh, I kind of have it in the same but, spot.
1: Uh, I mean, watching uh, so this time I watched it on my phone, uh, which was an odd experience. <laughs> watching <laughs> on my phone in three separate segments, so it was a little weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, you're making the mini yeah. I, but uh, I, I, so I never watched a Marvel movie on my phone before, so this was my first time doing that. So it was an odd experience. But like, I kind of get what you're saying, Danny. Because what I noticed was that I felt like it was like a lot of this movie was a lot of uh big action set pieces strung together by what's trying to be a story, um. So it's a big, it's a big. Clutter. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, Tony Stark in this movie always bothered me with how he was written, because uh, I feel like it was such a huge tone shit from when we last see him in Iron Man three, um, uh, in Age of Ultron. Uh, he's just kind of like he just becomes like a he's pretty bland in this movie. I'm not sure if you guys feel that way. We 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 do. But Kevin,
2: we have a role. Yeah, I feel. I was about now. to say, like, well wait a second. Maybe lowest... I'm jumping ahead. It's that we followed the outline. <laughs> <laughs> How no! dare you jump ahead? You're never getting invited. No, back. no. I'm quoting a, a Star Wars prequel for the, fan, <laughs> <with> the <laughs> committed critics. Fan. Man, I hate <laughs> Sand. <you're> <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I guess my ultimate thoughts on Civil War are kind of what I said. Uh, I had one more thing I wanted to say about it, though. I can't remember. Well, you have uh, written
0: down, my name is Danny. Did you yeah, do that Yeah, my
2: one? name is Danny. My name's Reggie. That's a reference to Caleb S. Bon, who I know Oh, a... Oh, I, his, thought, his I thought it was a
1: Nintendo of, of USA joke. <laughs> Reggie, <laughs> Reggie, what's-his-face? Well, now you have
2: to keep it in, because Caleb will ask even more at this obscure joke.
1: Anyway. Uh,
2: <laughs> um, but no, I'm trying to think if I watched any superhero movie on my phone. I don't think mm-hmm. I have. Uh, but I have watched some movies on my phone. I Actually, you know what I watch on my phone? I watch Apple TV movies on my phone because I can't figure out how to work it on my TV.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, and it's like, give us your credit card if you want to put it on your TV. I'm like, no, I I pay for this with my debit card. If you wanted my credit card, you should have asked for it. And also, I don't have a credit <laughs> card, so leave me alone. All right, now we can dig into the movie. Tyler, you want to go ahead? Yeah, so...
0: Uh remember the speculation around the words uh from the Winter Soldier operating manual. Mm-hmm. Like I remember there at the time of uh the movie coming out there was big speculation. Uh someone said that there is a movie title hidden in it which one of the words is Homecoming and we got Spider-Man Homecoming next. But how about instead of Avengers Infinity War we would get Avengers freight car.
1: Ooh.
2: I do like I do like the idea of all the Avengers being stuck on like the same train <laughs> car. Like, <laughs> it's like murder on the Orient for all the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, way. but I also they try to figure the, out who emitter did. Em- I, my guess is it's local. A, a
1: mix of the murder on the Orient Orient, but also it's a huge metaphor for the trolley problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love the trolley problem. <laughs> So it's like, uh, like he's oh. like, oh, we got to figure out who did it so that way we can switch the tracks at the right time. Oh, but is it worth doing it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> who, who who killed Nick Fury? <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> uh, uh, right. Yeah, that uh, was it. That was it. Uh, all
2: right. So this movie, uh, fun fact, features the only use ever of Henry Jackman's attempt at having a Marvel <sighs> theme. Uh, which, okay, to clarify. Okay we've actually talked about this a bit before, but I want to recap for people listening, is Brian Tyler did the, well, originally Marvel didn't have a theme for their logo. It was just whatever the, whatever the orchestra did. But then Brian Tyler wrote a theme for Thor The Dark World, which was reused in Age of Ultron and in Captain America Winter Soldier. And it being in Captain America Winter Soldier is what made a theme because Henry Jackman composed that instead of Brian Tyler. Um, But then we've talked about this before, is that, Brian Tyler had to leave Age of Ultron because he had committed to Furious 7 which had been delayed because of Paul mm-hmm. Walker's death yeah. and in response he like they got mad they got hired Danny Elfman and so Ant-Man didn't have the Marvel theme but they're like alright so we're gonna look for a new Marvel theme and after, right after this was uh, Michael Giacchino did Doctor Strange where he did the Marvel theme that we have today with the new logo this was Henry Jackman's <laughs> attempt at the Marvel theme And I, I I, don't know Maybe you guys don't pay attention to this But I was like oh my gosh Thank god they only use this for one movie It is so bland and forgettable Like most of Henry Jackman's music uh, And he's doing the score for uh, Captain America oh, He's doing this. I, I've decided to now call Falcon Winter Soldier Two Captains, Two Americas <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, But he, he's doing the score for it And I'm a little worried about it But I will say I do like Although, obviously, Ludwig Gorrison's films are way better. I like what they do for Black Panther in this movie. It's the one part of the score that's really memorable mm-hmm. to me. It Probably because it's very simple. And it's just like a little a different instrument being used. Uh, and obviously, I prefer Ludwig's stuff in his own movie. But for this, it worked. Uh, oh, spoiler alert for my thoughts on this uh, segment. Uh, in general, in this movie, if Black Panther's involved, I enjoyed it way more than anything else in this movie that does not involve Black Panther. <laughs> Uh, but we can move on. We'll get yeah. to that. We will get to talking about black Panther from this
3: movie.
0: So I I thought that the, the writers did really well at integrating a cohesive new Avengers lineup. Um, the dialogue does well at setting this up in the opening scene. Like, we, we open in and I, we get a sense that they've been doing this for a while. They still have that quirky... You know, they've got their quirks, but we had that way back uh since the first avengers mm-hmm. film um but uh but yeah i thought that the dialogue did well at setting it setting it up mhm uh yeah, yeah
2: so i would say though this is the kind of the thing where i always think it's a bummer uh i have this with both this and age of ultron is like i remember after the first avengers i was like i'm so excited to see these guys meet again but i know they got their solo movies first and that's okay but, like, Age of Ultron starts with them all being really working together as a team again. And so does this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I really wish there was a way. And I know, I know, Kevin, you could say, well, there's comics. <laughs> uh, but I wish there was a way we could see more of their interactions before, like, the plot of the movie hits. Uh, and the and here it's particularly right. bummer. Because in Ant-Man, you get to see Falcon watch the home base. Yeah. Which is, like, I'm just going to be very blunt. Uh, that's a. F- I don't like that scene in Ant Man. I think it's really forced and like also, if you're going to pick an Avenger to fight against that, we'd be impressed by the new hero. Why are you picking Falcon? He is not. Mm-hmm. He is not a very exciting one. Like imagine if he had fought Vision or Scarlet Witch and he somehow won. Like you know that would mm-hmm. be like a, whoa, this guy is cool. But no, they did, they did Falcon. But yeah, I agree. The dialogue does a well job, does well with setting this up. But I also say I'm gonna mention this a lot during this is. WandaVision, to me, affected how I watched this movie a Mm -hmm. lot. Uh, Particularly with, obviously, Wanda and Vision. Where, to me, I was like, wow, Wanda's well-characterized here. I'm like, but is she? Did I ever think she was well-characterized here before? No. I think it's because I just watched nine episodes of her. Mm -hmm. Which featured flashbacks to right before Mm -hmm. this. Uh, Which, again, I said this at the end of WandaVision. It's going to be interesting when we cover Infinity War for this. Because I think Wanda and Vision are by far the worst parts of that movie. But... Now I'm can now I'm emotionally attached to them, so maybe the film will work better. Uh but anyway. Yeah, you're right. Kind uh, of have thoughts. Yeah, I mean
1: what? I agree like the dialogue in the beginning kinda help set up like, hey, like they've been doing this for a while, now they're in the middle of a thing. Um watching it on my phone. It's kinda like bounced back on the other point too. <laughs> did you have <laughs> subtitles? Yeah, I did I'd watch it with subtitles. I always watch movies with subtitles. Cool. I do too. But not <laughs> uh disney needs to change their caption options because it has like the the subtitles but it has like the the faded black background to it it's like i don't like having the mm-hmm. background behind the captions um so they don't give you that option on disney plus in the app at least um uh, but you yeah, know so henry they, they don't on the tv either for what, what it's worth
2: they don't they don't have that option they don't have options yeah as far I, as I know. exactly I know
1: oof um, but uh, the, the, the theme By Henry Jackman Did not was, was hard to Did not really Set up a good tone To start with uh, <laughs> was like, Especially listening On the phone It's like Man this sounds terrible <laughs>
2: I do I'll give Henry Jackman Credit for one theme And that is I think the Winter Soldier Scene yeah. is solid But I also recognize it As just basically A temp music Where you're working Of the Joker yeah. theme From The Dark Knight um, um, But But yeah but, but yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I like the opening scene As well um, watching it on my phone when they get start fighting uh it, it gets a little weird because it's like it's cuz it's like watching it on the phone it's less about spectacle it's just more like oh, I right, just give me the information that i need to understand the story um yeah. there's i i've noticed that the, the, a lot of the avengers are just blatantly murdering people it's <laughs> 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 like I'm like wait a second
3: <laughs> so
2: i i i don't know i'm weird i i I that's one of like my pet peeves about superhero things is like when people are like, let's try to count how much this, and I know yeah. you're not doing that, but I'm just saying like that's always a part of the discourse was like these people kill right. each other, kill people, you know, they kill. But I'm like, okay, like, yes, okay, these. Like, I hate to be yeah. like it, but like the people they're killing are blatantly trying to blow up and release a bomb and stuff. So it's like, yeah,
1: I mean, there's yeah, there's
2: it's not really like Captain America. This
1: is like this isn't the part. W-
2: it depends on yeah. the hero. Like, if Spider Man's killing people, yeah, I'm mad. If Captain America, who's a soldier, is killing people, no, I don't. Right. you mad. know, the only hero who so. I can get mad at is kind of Wanda. But even then, she, like, was in a terrorist organization, too. So she's right. used to this. So it's like, whatever. But
0: it was okay because she was trying to change the world. <laughs> God. <laughs> 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 but, yeah,
1: but, no, But it's like, you know, when you're watching the theater, it was like, he's like, you're just, oh, action. Oh, that guy got hit. And then, like, watching my phone, like, that dude's dead. <laughs> like, he's not, he's not well, getting back up.
2: If we want to talk about the. Can I jump ahead a bit and talk about the action? Because I have this. Uh, I was going to talk mm-hmm. about this later, but I think it, that's better to talk about now because it kind of led me into it. Is the action in this mm-hmm. movie. All right. I think it's interesting. Okay, first off, uh, the action I feel like uses either undercranking or some type of frame rate drop. Uh, which I don't really Yeah, like. it's
1: an increase in shutter speed, so it just looks choppy, gets rid of motion yeah. blur.
2: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. But moreover, I think this film's action is interesting because this isn't a this isn't a ops this isn't like a new observation. This is like to me what Civil War has always been. It's training ground for the Avengers movies mm-hmm. for the Russo's. It it's, mm-hmm. it's they're trying to get us under their mouth so they could do the Avengers movies. And as such, the film has both the Winter Soldier visceral action, which is like totally gone from the Avengers, uh, the Avengers right. movies they did, and it goes to the more blockbuster action. Uh, I think it's interesting to see the transition, uh, cause I all, I think this has, I think Winter Soldier is the best, I don't necessarily think it's their best film, I think it's their best action mm-hmm. in the movie, uh, by far. That said, this has some really cool action scenes, including one I know Tyler wants to talk about later, um, but I also think this film works better in general when it is the, uh, the, the Winter Soldier right. action, and that's kind of why I like the first action scene more, uh, than the airport fight for example because the airport fight is very like this is the training mm-hmm. ground and actually that's yeah. kind of why I like the end fight too because the end fight is the closest we get to a meld of the two right. styles including in the avengers movies uh i do think actually the rus's best fight scene period is in Infinity war and it's not a uh it's the titan fight i think the titan fight is the best fight they've done and it has no mm-hmm. uh winter Soldier action in it but that's just me uh but yeah, I think this is an interesting movie. To look at as a transition because it is a transition in the right. MCU. Yeah, uh, in a lot of ways, not just in LaRusso's taking over for Whedon as the main creative. I put creative in air quotes. <laughs> creative voice. Uh, the creative voice is Kevin Feige. Visionary uh, voice. Visual so, voice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, the visionary voice is Paul Bettany. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Boom! Boom! Uh, so one thing that I think. Is a reoccurring or not reoccurring theme uh, throughout the MCU is the continuity of their tech mm-hmm. and their um, accents. <laughs> yes, if we if we introduce it in one movie, can we not carry it on to another? So I'm specifically talking about uh, Falcon's red wing mm-hmm. drone. Um, and then also just caps a magnetic arm brace for his shield. Now that's from Age of Ultron, but also I thought, why, why? Yeah, not no, I that, was thinking that too you know?
1: when he, when the first time we see him strap on the shield in the movie, I was like, oh, was yeah. like what happened to the magnetic arm brace? Like that was actually really cool and like you know yeah. would make sense for how his shield works.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I I thought well this is this is one way that like when we when we play. video game and say we're playing a superhero video game Mm -hmm. like the objective is yeah you want to go through the storyline finish those objectives those quest lines but also there's just the excitement of leveling up you know leveling up your character so this leveling up these characters would be them getting this cool new tech like the drone or the magnetic arm brace danny i see you're laughing about something but uh like we see we see the continuity of it in iron man with his suit but we we kind of lose it with the with the other other characters Do you want to um, know why i'm laughing it's, why? it's not it's gonna it's gonna make me sound really you know, my venmo just went off again that's funny <laughs> hey,
1: hey uh, shit, i'm paying, paying you to, to be podcast. too my venmo. you say it just say it daddy i'll pay you some more Uh,
2: but anyway um you guys you know i said i have snobby people like snobby people and you're like talking about this like it's a positive but most of my snobby people be like one of the worst parts of the mcu is like it's how a video game is just leveling up (laughs) and you're like yeah it's cool it's like leveling up and i'm like okay (laughs) i don't really have an opinion on it one way or the other Um, uh i'm more i'm more akin yeah i guess he didn't use it but i don't know i mean i I didn't i honestly didn't notice (laughs) it's an action
1: it's an action movie series so like i would love it when they would like level up and be like and then just kind of just you know invent invent the wheel as it goes along but um it doesn't necessarily do that but you know that's a whole other topic
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so it I, i did think it was cool when we see uh a war machine use a the sonic wave tech way back from uh iron man and uh the incredible hulk uh films uh during the during the airport scene i believe does he use he might use it on spidey yes
1: he does I don't uh, remember. he okay it,
0: thank you because i was like this is bad because i watched this yesterday yeah and, and then he also <laughs> uses it on one getting what civil mm. war tyler's opinion it's
1: forgetting <laughs> 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 should have had a ralph boner in it <laughs> There we go. I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> Bitch!
0: So, uh, sp- uh, speaking of continuity, there's... The whole reason that they're after Crossbones is he's trying to take this secret ga- secret gas um, from, from this compound and uh, Wanda contains it at one point, so we know her containing it, that there would be something uh, poisonous about it, or you know, something well, volatile I think about it's, that. It's a, gas. I think it's a she virus. Contains it,
2: she's gonna give it superpowers.
0: Mm, she, Do what Danny?
2: She, conti- if she contains it. Maybe it's like she put in its own hex, and then <laughs> Spectrum finally gets smoothie, the movie, the bag is gonna be the gas, and it's got the same powers. As it's, it's just floating in the hex.
1: The, the, yeah. the, the gas has its own <laughs> sitcoms, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: gas mission. <laughs> <laughs> the secret honey gas. I'm home <laughs> I would watch it
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, th- I thought maybe it was I think it's called the Terran the Terran gas is what it's like the, the Terrigan Mist the Terrigen Mist, Mist. that's what I've it read, is I've read uh I've read yeah. the first
2: trade of Miss Marvel it's the one Marvel comic <laughs> I've read
0: <laughs> but I, I thought maybe because I know they were supposed to have a um, a official MCU film about the Inhumans um, you want to know the story about on. that? So I know it, it was this around that time. Well, okay. Well, so, they had the, fun fact: they had the Inhumans
1: ABC show. Kevin Feige never
2: wanted to make it. He, he never <laughs> wanted to make it. Uh, it was ordered for him by Ike Perlmutter for him to make because the Inhumans are meant to be an X-Men replacement. And Ike Perlmutter yeah. was like, if we do an Inhumans movie, the X-Men movies will fail. <laughs> Ignoring the fact that the X-Men movies kind of self-imploded by themselves. Uh, but anyway, uh, so when Kevin Feige got control of the company with right before Civil War, uh, Inhumans was, I think, quietly delayed and then removed from the schedule entirely. Uh, there was mm-hmm. never, a. as soon as Ike Perlmutter was kicked out, I believe all progress on it stopped. I don't think Feige ever wanted to make it. And in revenge, Ike Perlmutter was like, well, I'm going to get my Inhumans a TV show anyway. And... T-
1: there's an inhuman show from the guy that made iron fist
2: <laughs> it's it's worse than iron fist i've seen an episode of both inhuman really inhuman. oh man uh, that's a... that said the inhumans should be reintroduced pretty soon in the mcu actually because miss marvel is an mm-hmm. inhuman and i think mm. it's pretty hard to tell her story without involving the inhumans and also in the brief clips released of it people have noticed like there's a blackboard and there's an inhuman characters Ooh, on it that miss gotcha. marvel has driven kamala has driven but yeah, you know it's gonna be really funny if like it turns. Side note: If when Miss Marvel appears, I, what if I I've been mispronouncing her name the whole time? Because I know uh, Kam- Kamala Harris, and I I don't even butchered her mm-hmm. name there. But you know, there's a big name mispronunciation thing mm-hmm. for her. As far as I know, I've, I've been mispronouncing Kamala Harris wrong this whole time, which would be pretty funny. I think there's multiple ways to pronounce yeah.
1: Name, uh, so uh, it. Yeah, so. In terms yeah, of yeah, Miss Marvel, ignorant. maybe this it's, is like
2: me saying the worst thing. Well, no! Ever. The, so
1: with Ka- uh, Kamala Harris, you are saying it right. Uh, with uh, Miss Marvel, it's Kamala Khan. Uh, so I've been saying Kamala Khan because I used to
2: say Kamala Harris, and I discovered yeah. I was wrong. So it's like so basically with <laughs> yeah, Kamala
1: Harris, you have to say it fast. With Miss Marvel, you have to say it slower. So Kamala Khan. So, so I mean, cool. it, it makes a difference anyway, apparently.
2: Side note, but yeah, well, I guess I guess it's a good point that we could see this gas reintroduced. Ian, uh Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. That said, I actually like the idea more of the Terjan Miss being like an after-effect of the mm. hex. Yeah. I think that'd be a better way Ooh. to bring it in, especially because Miss Marvel lives in New Jersey. Mm. Uh, which would make a lot of sense. Uh, I also, with Kevin here, I think it's just meant to be a virus.
1: <laughs> which is mm-hmm. topical. Yeah, yeah, know. I was surprised when they said <laughs> like we gotta get the virus, I'm like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm trying to th- I think I saw something recently where it was like we got to contain the virus. And it was like a, seri- it was like a movie from last year. And I was like, Hmm. Also,
1: thinking. uh, that's Spider-Man kind of- PS4. What? I was replaying it recently. It was like, Oh, it, like Doc Ock releases a virus. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I forgot about Dark that word. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Uh, now, now, I'm, now I'm like, what, what was the film? Let me just look what I watched recently. Uh, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think I have anything here. Maybe it was the Shaun the Sheep movie. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <Man. laughs> well, they meet aliens in it. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think this is a good movie to use as an example of showing about how the MCU writes around actors who don't mm-hmm. want to return. Because literally the Pepper Potts plot in this and Age of Ultron just because Gwyneth Paltrow did not want to show up, which is what made her appearance inspiring in Homecoming such a surprise, when mm-hmm. she did show up. But then it made me laugh because I think she's like third build on that movie. And I remember seeing that in the credits I just burst out <laughs> laughing. It's like Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, Gwyneth Paltrow. And I'm just like, what?
1: <laughs> Above Robert Downey Jr. too.
2: Well, no, because Robert Downey Jr. gets the kind oh, of credits okay. that movie. Mm. Uh, yeah. but then they- it's actually I think this is the only movie Robert Downey Jr. is in in the MCU – where he gets second billing because otherwise he gets the whiff credit if he's not true.
1: Yeah. And then also she completely forgot she was in homecoming. So <laughs> yeah,
2: that's funny too. I, I forgot about that. I also thought I, I love talking about billing. The billing in this movie is fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you guys paid attention to the billing at the end, but it's like such a, oh, it order. is like so uh, crazy. Uh, and Daniel Bruhl somehow gets the and credit. And I'm like, wow, I'm very shocked that you got that credit. For this movie you know because it's like you'd think it'd be chadwick or someone mm-hmm. like you know like mm-hmm. uh chadwick though is pretty high build in it though he's not right. low build uh, he's like fifth or sixth which is pretty good for his movie, yeah. movie. i think scar joe being third makes sense and then like anthony mackie and sebastian are high probably because this is a captain america movie so i don't mind mm-hmm. that either yeah what about
1: marissa tomei being america. a uh, ahead of uh, tom holland
2: <laughs> it's weird but i don't mind it it's it makes sense because no one who tom holland yeah was true point, yeah you know yeah at least to me should be above gwen of paltrow <laughs> uh, <sorry. laughs> uh, but yeah uh i just think it's funny how that mcu literally has this plot this minor plot after iron man 3 with gwen paltrow not seeing tony just so that way like it's literally just there because Ben Paltrow didn't yeah. want to be in the movies. It it feels uh,
0: really awkward.
2: It... I think I didn't. I I, I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But what? It, okay. It is a totally fine plot point if Ben Paltrow was willing to actually be there to start the plot point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if we saw them break up and then she wasn't in it for a couple movies, sure. But what it is is like, and it makes sense. it's like Iron Man Three is like he promises not to be Iron Man anymore, and he immediately goes mm-hmm. back on it. So her breaking up with him for it makes sense. It's just like, I wish
1: we could see yeah, them Yeah, instead break of up. being told that it and happened. And that kind of mm-hmm. goes with that thing that I have with... Yeah, it's like, what? see it instead of being told.
2: Yeah, and it kind of goes with that thing also where... Uh, well, that that's kind of like what my issue with WandaVision was before uh, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. But then also it goes with that thing where I was saying, like, it'd be nice to see this team work together before they're mm-hmm. torn apart. Yeah, so That's what happens in Age of Ultron and here, is that you kind of just see their last mission in your mm-hmm. quotes. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. That's my opinion on pe- Pepper Pots and this not so the lack
0: of Pepper, pepper Pots.
2: Strong opinions about Pepper Pots.
0: I I have no salt on Pepper Pots.
1: Get some in <laughs> <one>. paprika. <laughs> what does that mean?
0: Paprika. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> I I did look up a uh, the uh, YouTube comments on this on the trailer Ooh, for this never read the comments uh, oh yeah I we were gonna do that oh and, I, want, I need to look up the Letterbox thing and it too. and one of the comments was this is the this is the movie that made everybody uh decide to make peppery cash for the first time <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> so true like, yes
2: uh all right i uh, do you want the top review on letterboxd now that's a joke Tyler, sure. or do you want to wait till later no uh, we can it's do it. patrick h williams Ooh. who i don't know if you know him he's a video essay is his review is three out of five Poor Bucky. So much happens to him, but he still has never gotten the chance to become an actual character. <laughs> top top one-line review. The other ones on the main page are three out of five. Uh, T'Challa. Why'd you do it? Why'd you turn them against each other? Zemo. Mate, i <laughs> am genuinely Jesse of Rolaf X. And that's from Kai. User Kai.
1: Okay. I don't know
2: that one. Uh, uh, this one's not as... This one's just... 4 out of 5, R.E.P. Chadwick Boseman. Uh, And then... Okay, the last one is... 4 out of 5, Ant-Man. Does anyone have any orange slices? Best line in the MCU. (laughs) Those are the the one-line reviews that are on the front page of most popular reviews on Letterboxd. Letterboxd. What a (laughs) site. Letterboxd.
0: So, the main argument of this film... Well, yeah. yeah. main argument of this film is supposed to be the Sokovia Accords, um, which are supposed to keep superheroes in in check Mm -hmm. um rather than just running about doing doing whatever they want um so i thought it would be interesting if we already know where our heroes stand with this but i thought it would be interesting to find out who out of us like which side you would choose if you had superheroes and you had to choose a side who would you pick
1: Kevin you okay. can go first. Um I would I would think I would take Cap's side on this one. Um it's it's it, I don't know, it's it's kind of a touchy I feel like it's kind of a touchy subject cuz it's um mm-hmm. when you when you apply real world politics into it then it gets a little sketchy. Uh not like in the movie in the movie's pretty clear cut cuz it's you know Captain America's Civil War who's the good guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um uh, but yeah, no, it's uh it, it is one of those things where like, oh, with great power comes great responsibility, like you know you have to use your power responsibly, like you know be held accountable for your actions. However, you shouldn't I don't think a, a, an actual hero should be held back by a higher by a higher status or like community of sorts uh to be able to just approve mm-hmm. like oh you can you can choose like so you can go there or you can't, and then we decide for you kind of deal. Um. So so yeah, I I side with Cap on this one.
2: (laughs) Uh, My okay. So I I I want to go off what you said. Uh, I guess okay. Spoiler alert. I side with Cap, but I also think this is a. I think this is. I'm not gonna be like this is a dumb thought exercise because it's not. It's it's a good one. But I think the idea of bringing in real world analogies is very. I think that that uh. Well, here's the thing. I think the movie wants you to think about the real world analogies, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what makes it a difficult conflict. Because once you look at the MCU's history, there is no way Cap isn't in the mm-hmm. right here. Uh, because the last time Cap trusted a government facility, it ended up being a neo-Nazi organization yeah. uh, secretly. So as soon as you have that in the history, it's like, okay, so why would he agree with anyone else? So like, it's the UN, it's bigger. Okay, they're like it's the un it's not the world security council I'm like okay so what's the difference you've never codified the difference here of what the di- of why these are mm-hmm. different things um moreover uh it civil war exists tony literally only sides of this so that way he can get rid of his guilt that is mm-hmm. what it is uh and tony never really okay this was a let's talk about the wandavision discourse briefly but don't worry it is related here um there's a lot of WandaVision and we've discussed it too and I per- I think it's complicated uh, but a lot of people are like people are just mad at Wanda because she's a woman I'm like mm, it's not that but I do think it is fair to point out that people are mad at Wanda for doing this horrible stuff in his t- in her show but everyone forgave Tony for doing making Ultron when everyone told him yeah, exactly, not to yeah. him, right everyone just moved on from it and uh one of these days, whenever we talk about Endgame, we're going to get into the nice, long ethics discussion on Tony's decision to not undo the snap. Because <laughs> that's, a, that's a big ethics... That's, that's like a good place episode <laughs> right there. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's an easy answer there. Uh, but my point is, Tony does so much awful stuff in the MCU, but we forgive him for it because he's Robert Downey Jr., that's that's literally hmm. it. That's why we forgive him. It's like, oh, Robert Downey Jr., you scamp. <laughs> Look at um, you, almost entering the world. The world.
3: The
2: <laughs> within the world of the MCU, I think that... Siding uh, with Cap makes sense. And I think this movie does this also really obnoxious thing. It's not... Okay, obnoxious isn't the right word. It's obnoxious because it's framed as a debate that you can listen to on both sides. But the actual debate is very clearly Cap's mm-hmm. side is right. But then they muddy it with this Bucky storyline that has really yeah. nothing to do with the ethics of it. It has to do with the character right. relations of it. Uh, and it's pretending it's about ethics, but it's really about their character relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have as a note here. Uh, so I like Man of Steel. We've talked about that Respect. before briefly. But I do think Man of Steel kind of ruined superhero movies. Because after Man of Steel, everyone was concerned with collateral damage. <laughs> And, like, Mm -hmm. Batman v Superman is focused on it. This is focused on it. And it's just, like... And then Age of Ultron also has this thing where it's, like... It goes out of the way to keep going, Make sure the city's evacuated before we fight (laughs) there! Um... And I hate it. It's so dumb. And then we get stuff like this where the big action scene is set in an airport. At a very ominous Mm -hmm. airport. Or, like... In... No mistake that the only good action scene on Earth since Man of Steel in the MCU has been the fight at the beginning of infinity war that's on new york where they're actually doing collateral damage mm-hmm. right right we need like it's cool to see superheroes fight in it in cities it's okay we can watch that it's fine or i in honor stuff it's like no one cares because they're aliens like you can do as much collateral <laughs> damage as you want no one cares right <laughs> uh so to me it's like this whole movie is just kind of like ugh, i hate that we have to make these excuses for these heroes. That no one really, no one cares about this stuff I mean, I guess I do think this movie does a good job framing it uh, Especially with the Tony guilt Mm -hmm. stuff And like, it's okay for Tony to be guilty It's just annoying that the film never really acknowledges that Tony's just doing it for himself My opinion And I think a good thing for Black Widow This would have been a good movie for us to watch for Black Widow too for prep Because this is a, it's a very strong Black Widow movie She's Mm -hmm. probably, she is the third biggest character in it yeah um and i wish black widow had called him out on it once mm-hmm. doing it uh yeah actually i kind of wish natasha had a bit more of her own stuff to do in this uh but yeah anyway mm-hmm. man of steel i love you but your own movies uh <laughs> you're canceled
0: a, a series that does a much better job at exploring the like the pros and cons of uh like collateral damage like you were saying and superhero involvement with bigger entities be it corporations or government like civil war discusses is uh amazon prime series the boys i don't know if you guys have seen it um, um I've heard yeah it, i haven't, I haven't seen it yet it. either it's, i'm like
1: it's it's actually very surprising that i still haven't seen
0: it yet it is it is it's really good hour-long episodes <laughs> yeah. there you hey, go well if you like um, the boys you might like invincible. okay
2: but,
0: yeah that's what just, i was thinking okay. earlier
2: okay i'm gonna, okay tyler most um, uh, hour-long episode is not used as a positive for like a drama. I expect that to be mm-hmm. an hour long. The Invincible thing, where it's an animated show and it's hour-long episodes, I'm like, ooh, that that's a mm-hmm. surprise to me, because uh, animation's usually are. Wait, Danny, so. did
0: you just say you expect the drama to be an hour long? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good thing Wandavision isn't a drama; it's a sitcom <laughs> parody.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> you get, you got me. I was trying to get you there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this. Well, no, Kevin, you've got a note.
1: Oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. So it's moving Tony's. Yeah. So, yeah. like I said earlier, like I felt like Tony was like underwritten in this film, and I think Danny kind of like touched base on it too, where it's like T- Tony in this uh, ethics, quote unquote, ethical debate. Uh, he's more in it to himself to clear his own conscience than he is to actually like be part of the Sokovia Accords. And it's also shown later on, like Tony, Tony acts outside of the Sokovia Accords to help Cap at the end of it um but, but he never get called never gets called out on it we never we never really see that genuine arc with him um and and i feel felt like tony just wasn't his as a character genuine in general because he's very different very flat compared to what we see him in you know the avengers and iron man 3 and all that stuff it suddenly mm-hmm. he's just he's in the antagonist role um but he's like you know it's like he it's more like here have this motivation So you can just be the antagonist against Captain America and he doesn't really do much outside of that. I don't know if you guys felt the same way.
2: I I don't know. I actually... I've always liked... Okay. My hot take on this movie used to be that this was a... Well, actually, I think it probably is still my take on it. I think this is actually Robert Downey Jr.'s best performance as Tony uh, because it's more Mm -hmm. restrained. Uh, I would agree that the writing sometimes lets us down but I don't actually think that's on Tony's writing. I think that's on vision roadie or uh black widow i'm like people who are on his team who know him but they don't mm-hmm. call him out i don't think it's cap's job right. to call him out i think it should be someone on his own mm-hmm. team well i mean like does. you said like black widow would be uh,
1: the perfect character for that yeah black widow
2: or vision i think vision mm-hmm. would work well too uh uh i think they both but black widow yeah i agree obviously i agree with <laughs> i'm just saying like yeah uh i, I yeah i don't i i say roadie but i don't actually think roadie would do right. well for it uh i think though the other two would but and also black would always calls that evidence, well i think that, so. and she needs a bigger character moment in this movie than she gets vision doesn't like this was still at the point where vision was being introduced right so we're not
1: attached i mean like i mean it's with tony with the like tony as a character as he's portrayed in the film it's like it's hard for me it was hard to really pinpoint like what is the problem is it like was it multiple little things that are the problem that don't like that aren't there that should be there or is it like one big thing mm-hmm. i couldn't quite pinpoint it at all but i think maybe as we're discussing it maybe it is there's like a bunch of little things that are kind of missing Um uh, but you yeah, know robert downey jr like he did you know he was great he did not seem like he didn't want to be there so you know
2: yeah we don't have this in our notes but i actually want to talk about it briefly because we're talking about rdj in this is uh because i've told you tyler i want to talk about this more as we go on to uh the de aging, I don't think the de aging in this one looks that good, uh, and I mm. also think that scene is highly unnecessary. Uh, other than, of course, the when I we get the new cut where we zoom into Jake Gyllenhaal in the background <laughs> screaming, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not barf. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm to go kill Spider Man now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like uh, I don't think the de aging in this is good, and I don't think it's necessary. That's the big thing to me is like it's, I don't get why this film has it's a aging. it's a it's a flex yeah. yeah and uh so same with ant-man i think the only marvel movie that has had de-aging where i don't think it's been a massive distraction was maybe guardians 2 oh and captain marvel captain marvel mm-hmm. does a good job with it mm. uh, but captain marvel is actually like a focus of the movie i think uh uh hot take that i'm sure i'll repeat whenever we cover end game uh they should have cut the end game cameo of stan lee uh, cause it's a horrible last thing. And it's cause the aging is really bad on him. Uh, it's a horrible last cameo for him. It, the Captain Marvel one was better. Mm-hmm. And, but that, that goes back to the aging software and I don't know, I don't like it here, especially cause like we get a big close up on it and it looks bad mm-hmm. to me, especially now. It, it looked fine at the time, yeah. but now it's just kind of like, eh, well, it's it... a little, the skin's mm-hmm. too clear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely, I, I can notice, uh. I can notice just something looks plasticky about it's right yeah. around his mouth and his in his it looks nose like the bad guy area. in Santa Claus, too. <laughs> <laughs> the evil Santa, but uh, yeah. but yeah, it yeah, the uh, de aging
3: <laughs>
0: sucks.
2: So, you know what? I also okay to bring that, the, the, you know what movie did the de aging best? Black Panther because they just hired younger <laughs> actors. They didn't de-age the actors for the opening scene. They're like, no, we're gonna hire new. It's ones. like they went. It's just like they went full <laughs>
1: circle with how they do film production. Like, uh, I mean, a little off topic here. Like with Mandalorian, with like, oh, we got the a big giant LED screens as the backdrop. It's like, so it's just like projecting the image behind the actor, like you did, like way before green screen.
2: <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Uh, th- this is a side note, but on that, that's why. I watched that WandaVision special, right? And I was like, you know, it's great to watch one of these making of specials on Disney+, Plus, where they don't brag about having just a giant mm-hmm. green screen. They're like, look at these sets we made. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. they're cool. Yeah, do that. Please don't shoot on the volume, Marvel. I think this is way better. I think the volume is ugly still. I, I think the tech is not mm-hmm. fully there. That's what they call the uh, the green screen they use for Mando. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. They should call it barf instead of the <laughs>
0: Uh, so this movie reminded me of how well Chadwick Boseman acts with a dialect. Um, and it, like, it's, he, he was an American, an American actor, you know, and he, he hits. Mm -hmm. I'm not. And he constructed the, he constructed
2: the dialect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's like, it's just. I, I'm sorry. I'm just yelling out words mm-hmm. right here, but uh, just random words. It's okay. But I think he, it's
2: okay to, mumble, to ramble a bit about Chadwick. Like, but yeah, no. I it, think that really yeah. hit hard. Yeah. yeah. It,
0: so it it just to me it was when we when I first saw him in the in this film, I was like, why uh, why hasn't he been in anything else? Why or he had been in other things, but I was like, why have I not seen him? What what am i what look what i'm sleeping on you know but
2: i'll be honest watching this movie the first shot of chadwick and this just immediately hit me oh yeah uh uh the night uh so when chadwick boseman passed away uh i was at a friend i was at julius's house and we were watching this movie and i was like i gotta use the bathroom so we paused about 20 minutes in uh we checked our phones and we had friends texting us asking if it was real. I was, like, no, I was like, no way is it. No. And then I did it. It was like, oh, like, yeah, we... Uh, so we didn't finish the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we kind of just sat there in silence for 20 minutes. And then Julius pulled up the uh, the scene from Civil War, uh, the scene from this movie, the chase scene, where it ends with the reveal of his face. And I just broke down crying there. Uh, that 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 uh, Celebrity deaths don't usually affect me, but Chadwick's yeah. did. Uh, yeah. Because... Well, one, it's like, one, I I hate to be like, because here's the thing, is like, I think it's weird to assign, so, this is weird. Now now I'm eulogizing Chadwick Boseman. Uh, But anyway, it's like, it's weird to be like, this man, I'm sad that I won't get to see him more as a superhero, but I'm more sad that I won't be able to see him grow as Mm. an actor. Because, uh, for example, he's in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, my opinion on it is he is great in it, but uh, I don't want to say "buck" because it's clearly like his first step into becoming a truly phenomenal mm, actor. I agree. For us. I don't think it is a like undeniably great performance, but is undeniably would have been a step forward to him giving us a mind blowing performance. And in that case, I still think it's, I still think he's great. He's fantastic mm-hmm. in the movie, but it just gets me bummed that we won't see him evolve more. Uh, And that was the thing to me is like Chadwick Boseman to me was going to be the next Denzel, right? He was going to be in huge movies Mm -hmm. for decades. And it's just like, now he won't be. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's my Chadwick Boseman eulogy. Uh, do you have anything you want to say on Chad? Uh, no, I
1: mean, you pretty Kevin. much nailed it right on the head. You know, I, I agree with uh, his final well, performance in uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And it was just like, it's fantastic. But like, it just feels like, you know, there's a lot of, we're, we're missing a lot, a lot of potential that he had.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a lot of things. It's also just like, all it's, it's, I don't know. I I always really get into it. It would just be like the stage right,
1: exactly. going forward. And
2: I don't think it's weird because I've never really, I think it happened to Robin Williams stuff for mm-hmm. me too, but Chadwick's young. He, he was Chadwick's yeah, so no. Young. Robin
1: Williams was like you know he was an old, he getting older, you know. But it just kind of like happened unexpectedly. But with Chadwick Boseman, like you said, he's just younger. we still had a whole life ahead of him.
2: Yeah. Tyler, do you want to briefly eulogize Chadwick, or do you want me to move yeah to my yeah
0: mind? I you can move you can you
2: can give a eulogy if you'd like yeah when I, I I feel like this is the time to do it you know because well no because it's the first time we've really talked about a movie mm-hmm. since, since we've started this podcast true
0: true yeah no I when I first heard about it it was a couple days after um, he had passed and I I did not believe it I had to I checked multiple multiple news sources I looked it up because i i remember however many years back there there was uh oh hugh jackman died or like oh, you will know ferrell, there's the, i remember you yeah, know i remember
2: the will ferrell one
0: yeah there's there were all those those uh fake ones so i didn't want i didn't want to believe this one especially with how uh young he mm-hmm. was and then then once i finally realized it i was just like wow like it really it really hit um, hit me, and uh, I ha- actually sat down uh, at the at the kitchen at the kitchen table. Just kind of sat there and just kind of kind of molded over. I d- like I don't want to get too much of like you know like oh it hurt me the mo- the most because no yeah, yeah I, didn't I, you know but it I think this yeah that's a, first, that's something I also like like, to, uh, like yeah. Carrie Carrie Fisher passed and it it was a it was it you was were like just sad a, that
2: she was in the last jedi next sorry it it,
0: <laughs> it 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 was just a it was it was a like it in acceptance of uh like kevin i think you had said about uh when someone gets to a certain mm-hmm. age you know you just kind of expect it and like
2: christopher Plummer when we talked about yeah about, yeah when we talked about stuff, christopher,
0: yeah. christopher Plummer, it mm-hmm. was it was kind of like well you know i'm Uh, glad that he's not you know suffering and with with Chadwick I it it was straight out of left field um, really surprised me but I will say that it's his story leading up to it is inspiring that he was wanting he wanted to fight it the whole way through he didn't have to make all of these marvel films that he filmed while he had this mm-hmm. you know well, it's while like, he had the cancer and i just remember he when he passed because he knew how he important. Sorry. <laughs> sorry 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 no, he knew how now. sorry he knew how important his character was to to uh younger uh kids of of color and like yeah I, yeah what were you gonna say, i
2: wrote David? uh when he passed away i was i'm in a group i'm in a lot of groups as you know uh, and we watched Forty Two, <laughs> which sus. I hadn't seen, his Jackie Robinson movie. Yeah, uh, and I ended up I didn't really write a review for it because I wasn't a huge fan of the movie outside of him. I think he's phenomenal in it, but there was a quote in it that really struck me as someone who works with kids, and I just want to kind of read. It's Harrison Ford talking to Chadwick, and Harrison Ford's like, "Do you know what I saw this morning? I was passing a sandlock and a little white boy was up the bat. You know what he was doing? And uh, Jackie Robinson's like sitting on a fastball, and uh, Harrison Ford's like." No, he was pretending to be you. He was wiping his hands on his pants, swinging with his arms stretched like you. A little white boy pretending he was a black man. And like when I was watching Fortnite, 2 that just entirely hit me as someone who works with children. And I'm getting emotional right now talking about it. In that when I was a kid, the only superheroes we really had were Spider-Man and mm-hmm. X-Men. And Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm white, right? So to me, it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever. But now I see when kids play. I work with yeah, I work with kids from like kindergarten to fifth grade, and when the younger ones play Avengers, they argue over who gets to be Black Panther, and it doesn't matter what ethnicity they are. It is just they he's the coolest, and that to me and it's Chadwick who did that, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think it's and it's such an impact for someone whose career really only lasted from 2013 because that's when he did jackie robinson to 2020 that's seven years we had seven years of chadwick Bozeman. and he was jackie robinson he was james brown he was thurgood marshall he was of course t'challa and he finished off his career by being in spike lee movies a spike lee movie and an august wilson movie like what a what a run yeah yeah and I, we can only imagine where he would have gone from there uh anyway that's that's <laughs> my chadwick boseman eulogy To get back to the movie. But it is about T'Challa. I used to have a hot take about... And I actually, now that I've given this whole thing, I definitely feel my... I don't agree with this hot take anymore. But I used to be like, this is the best T'Challa movie we'll Mm. ever get. Um, And that's because in Black Panther, I feel like the focus is more on his supporting cast than it is on him. Mm. Even though he's, as I've said before, the glue of that movie. This movie, whenever T'Challa is on screen, it's his story. And Chadwick Boseman... His acting in this is like, it's kind of what I I think I said this a few last week or a few weeks ago is like, really Chadwick and Vision are the only two, Chadwick (laughs) and Vision, T'Challa and Vision (laughs) are the only two MCU characters we have that are serious. Like they are very serious.
0: Rhodey, Rhodey hovers, hovers on that. It depends on the movie. Iron Man 3, he's not serious. He's
2: not serious in Iron Man 3, but T'Challa is always serious. And Vision's always serious. And I know you could be like, "Well, Vision's not serious in an episode of WandaVision." I'm like, mm, "He's, he's still a serious character. He's just in a sitcom scenario." And mm-hmm. That's. I'd say the same with Wanda too. It's just Wanda doesn't really have characterization in these movies that I think Vision did before WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I don't really agree with that anymore because I do think, especially when we get to the post credit scene, we'll talk about Wakanda. But I think T'Challa is such. He's so tied to Wakanda in the sense that since this movie is not about Wakanda, I guess I I can't call it the go-to T'Challa story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think this is Chadwick's movie all the way. Yeah. Uh, When he's not on screen, I want to see him on screen. (laughs) Even when we're with Spider-Man, I'm like, "Mm, this is fine, but go back to T'Challa. That's what (laughs) I always... When this movie came out, everyone was like, Spider-Man's my favorite part of it. I was like, but Black Panther, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was really excited um, in Avenger in Age of Ultron when they introduced uh, Wakanda for the first time and Claw. Um, I remember watching an animated Avengers film way, way back when I when I was uh, little, and it had they featured Black Panther. It was the first cartoon film to introduce Black Panther, and they had Claw as the bad as the bad guy and uh, Wakanda was in it and they had some aliens that could (laughs) morph into whatever they want i think it was the it was a weird version of the scrolls but i don't want to say they were the scrolls um but uh they were just morphing aliens but i remember when i saw that i thought when i was watching age of ultron i thought oh we're gonna get we're gonna get black panther didn't get black panther and then uh in this in this film we got black panther and i was r- super excited so yeah i can relate there danny on uh what on what you're saying there uh kevin yeah. do you have something to say
2: Uh now i'm just bummed that we won't get any more t'challa again. yeah but <laughs> a- again i, I want to clarify though that like i just want to have this on the record again because it's like i feel like a lot of eulogizing of chadwick boseman kind of goes with the man i wish i got more t'challa that's not why I'm really sad. I'm sad because I won't get to see this guy blossom and be the good, the force he was for good outside of the movies too. That is well documented elsewhere. Like mm, really right. He was always helping young kids, uh, and you know, just be generally a great mm-hmm. human being. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I want to clarify that though. I don't. I don't want to be like the guy who's like, man, why don't you get more Chalita? Because that no one that guy's
1: about <laughs> no i no i uh, uh but kevin you were gonna, were you gonna say something no, i mean i disagree uh you know with you know chadwick both <laughs> i <laughs> agree <laughs> <laughs> that's my only uh, topic <laughs> um but uh no no it's like you know chadwick was becoming a very recognizable actor in, in the industry and you know to in all sorts of society like black panther in uh, you know the mcu just really put him on the map that you um and it's just you know, with Maroney's Black Bottom, like we said, it just feel like he was taken away too soon. He was just—he was on the verge of true extreme greatness that we we saw the glimpses of yeah. in Maroney's Black Bottom. It's just like we felt like, but we just never got it. We we we, we got close though. We just saw a glimpse of what he was capable. We of.
2: got well. I I'm still well, I'm still willing to call him a great man and a great mm-hmm. actor. It's just that I I would still call him an all timer, right. you know. But now he's sadly on the all timer of the cut right. too short. It's- uh, mm. Like uh, I think the last actor that was like that to me was Philip Seymour mm-hmm. Hoffman. Yeah, really. definitely. He's too young. Mm. Uh, oh wait, no, no, no. Anton Yelchin. That, that I forgot about Anton too. Yelchin. Oh yeah, Anton Yelchin was really. Ugh. I was like, there was one in 2016. I know that was awful, and it was yeah. Anton for young for young. But anyway, we can move on and stop talking about death. <laughs> yes. So, uh... Wandavision's over.
0: No more grief out <laughs> <I'm> on the. Speaking of Wandavision. <laughs> 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 Uh, here's a little uh, MCU trivia. Trivia. Uh, so when in the embassy, T'Chaka and T'Challa talk to each other in the South African language of Kosa, and
2: wasn't that a Bozeman choice? Yes, if I remember right. That yeah. that yeah. Or was that John canny Connie. I don't know. If that right.
0: I be, I, be, I thought it was. I thought it was Bozeman. I know Bozeman. I thought it dialect. was Bozeman who had suggested it, but before before that moment, uh, he and uh, – who's the actor who plays Tachaka? John Connie. Yes, Kenny. that they had been talking off camera, and uh, that uh, John Canney – I'm looking it I'm looking it up. Don't worry. Okay. We'll, we'll get it no, right. I think yes. –
1: i th- no I think uh you're well you're you're both right in the sense that it was Bozeman's choice for the language from what from what i've read it's john Connie. Uh, but they they do they did speak separately to the to the to each other in that language to practice it and um mm-hmm. I remember seeing a reading a eulogy where chadwick Boz people were like impressed with how quick uh Chadwick Bozeman was at learning a new language that he was just very good at linguistics um yeah but yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah i yeah. just i that i mean that Again, that goes into the appreciation of, of Chadwick Boseman. But uh, I just thought that that was really cool. And we're more representation, you know, like we're, yeah. we, we're getting more of that. Um, I think something that Civil war, war really marks is it's really when Phase 3 took off. Which I know is it's right at the beginning of phase three, of course. Phase three. To me, it's when when the MCU really took off, and people were like, "No, you have to see these films." Because I came in late, and to to the MCU, and the very first one I well, the first one I saw in theaters was Iron Man Mm three, but I saw it with a friend who was wanting to see it, and I was just kind of like, "Eh, okay, it's whatever." Um, I saw Thor 2, and I was like, eh, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Thor and two. then I saw Avengers 2, and I was kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. Then I saw Civil War, and I was like, okay, I've got to go back and see this again. So I watched it two more times in theaters. And, uh, and yeah, that's when it really it really took off to me. But there's a noticeable, like in the MCU timeline, it's beginning I of think, Phase 3, and it mm-hmm. really...
2: I think... I, obviously I obviously I can't be like you're wrong because it's your opinion but i I do agree yeah uh to a point I think it was a great way to begin the new Marvel era because I do think face phase, phase three as I said before that's when Pearl Murder got kicked off and it was Fiji's show all the way yeah so phase three is a huge change in the Marvel management behind the movies but in my opinion uh for most people I would say. The moment that the MCU finally hit its highest heights was the three in a row hit of Thor, Ragnarok, Black Panther, and Infinity War. Mm, that yeah. was the moment where it truly went back mm-hmm. to monumental heights. Uh, and I would put Guardians two in there too, but mm-hmm. I know that's actually kind of divisive among mm-hmm. some people.
1: I don't it's, know. It's I, kind of weird from, to me I from my perspective, but I get it. Yeah, from my perspective, it lines up what? with Tyler Moore because Civil War. My so Civil War was the first movie that my, my Marvel movie that uh, my mom watched willingly uh how did you understand well, well, no, <laughs> so it's like well okay well okay so okay i maybe I, I need to rephrase myself so it's the first marvel it's the, when the announcement of civil war tr- came out like the trailer she was like oh like I actually want to watch this. And then I'm like, well, you have to watch all these movies first. Cause when they were, I was watch, I watched <laughs> the movies as they were coming out. Cause I watched, you know, my friend took me to watch Iron Man back in the day. And then it's like, Oh, okay. And then like later when adventures came out, I was like, Oh, they're all connected. And so I watched watch them at home and all that. And my mom would see them like, Oh, why do you watch all this cartoony superhero stuff? Like this is pretty, it's pretty, it looks pretty cheesy. Have you shown her spider? Uh, yeah. She doesn't like spider verse. Um... I'm canceling your mother. <laughs> Throw her in the bin of <laughs> <two>. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no but anyways it's like you know civil war she watched she saw the trailer like oh like superheroes fighting each other that's weird <laughs> it's like but i want to watch it uh so that she watched all the movies again in order then um she always she would always tell me like whenever i watched rewatch avengers she's like oh this is like really cheesy why do you watch this and now avengers is her favorite mcu film um <laughs> uh, but uh oh, no yeah civil war she watched we, it she's like bring, we
2: should bring that back up when we bring up aspect of show oh my <But> god cool. <laughs> um but
1: no she really liked civil war and then like i noticed like there was a huge civil war was like a huge like the first time it got main i feel like it was mainstream now like this is yeah
2: see i think i think obviously i think your guys's opinion uh it mm-hmm. makes sense but it's interesting to me because the box office actually does not
0: agree with well, you. Well, it's all. like
1: not that—not that it's like the height of the MCU, but more like this is the yeah. first big. No,
0: no, no, that's
2: not what I mean,
1: thing. though. Yeah, it, uh, it
0: definitely—it me... definitely had its great moments, you know. Before, like it had, it, it had highs, can I, you know. Can I clarify that? what but, I mean? Yeah, by that, yeah. What do you mean?
2: I, it's a bit more complicated than what I think you guys think I mean. So movies—they have box box office runs usually. Just not during pandemics. But so usually uh, before Civil War, Marvel movies would do about what we call a three times multiplier, Mm -hmm. which is when a movie does three times their opening weekend. Uh, That would mean it has decent legs and it does okay. Civil War notoriously did not have good legs at all. It was very what the box office nerds call front loaded. Its multiplier was. I'm doing the math right now. A 2.278.
1: Mm-mm. So yeah. it did.
2: It did uh, about a third of its total business on opening weekend, which is not great. Mm. In comparison, though, movies like Infinity War, Infinity War has a good multiplier. Mm. I just want to look it up. Uh, Infinity War, Infinity War having a good multiplier was actually really interesting, because most people assume that it wouldn't have a good multiplier. Because it's not a very... Ha- doesn't have a happy mm-hmm. ending, right? Um, but Infinity War does have a good multiplier. It is... Sorry, this website does not let me find it. The weekend's very g- easy. Okay. It's multiplier is a 2.63, which nowadays... After Civil War, in general, multipliers started going down. Because that's when we entered this phase of filmmaking where all the movies are blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And everyone has to see the big movie on opening weekend. Uh, But 2.63 is very good for a Marvel movie these days. Uh, And I think it's interesting that you guys wanted to re-watch it. Because the big takeaway most people... Most of my box office analyst friends had from Civil War... Is the reason it did not do well with legs... Is because people don't like watching heroes fight each other. Mm -hmm. The ending of it is emotionally grueling more so... Than most Marvel movies, which are fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know? And as such, even if people liked it... Most people I don't... Most casuals... Didn't really want to read this. Interesting. It, at least at theaters. Hmm. Uh, so that's why I think it's interesting you guys are saying this. Uh, my upper response to you has to do with uh, what you said about Tyler. I think it was Tyler. Yeah, you said this was the first one you really. No, actually, this has mm-hmm. to do with Kevin. You said your mom really wanted to watch yeah. this first time. Uh, just a quick story. Uh, so I have a couple friends from high school. I say couple because they're twins, but uh, I think Drew is one of them. Well, I know Drew's one. I think Drew is the one who took his mom to see Civil War. And the reason why it was, this is a story that I'd work telling on the podcast is that the only Marvel movie she'd seen before was Iron Man 1. <laughs> and she went straight to Civil nice. War. Oh, but my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, it's, that's what that reminded me of. But, yeah.
1: Uh, well, I think with, yeah. like, the advertising of um, Civil War, from at oh. least, like, like I said, once again, from my perspective, you know, with my, with my experience with my mother, um, it's like she saw, the, like, how interconnected this world was and uh the Spider-Man hook was yeah, a yeah that too yeah.
2: the Spider-Man hook like broke mm-hmm. the internet uh,
1: but yeah like seeing how interconnected but, yeah. the world was and like how it's starting how it was starting to pay off like Avengers was more like introducing the connection uh, Age of mm-hmm. Ultron didn't really pay off the connection as well as we were hoping for but then Civil War was like Civil yeah Civil War does, War does.
0: Yeah. yeah
2: I do think it's interesting how also I think up till Civil War Marvel movies were generally referred to as like even winter soldier was called captain america 2 and thor 2 right. for dark world civil war is when we really shifted to just calling them by their mm-hmm. subtitles uh and initially i thought it was because like it doesn't feel like a captain america movie but now it's kind of no because people call homecoming homecoming and they call ragnarok right. ragnarok you know what i mean so i mm-hmm. guess it might just be a shift in the culture of how we refer to movies i don't know there's no real discussion there I yeah know i think funny.
1: that is a really interesting
2: point.
0: uh yeah so
2: I do kind of think it'd be interesting to talk about how Wandavision affects us in retrospect. I kind of brought it up a bit earlier, but I think for me, Wandavision's characterization worked mm-hmm. better here. But I also mm-hmm. think it's because I just spent nine weeks watching them. Yeah. Uh, I think, and it gives me, it puts me in a weird spot because I can't say the movie improved on this front. It's that my knowledge of the characters did. So I don't want to give the movie credit. For Wanda and Vision, but I do want to say that I particularly enjoyed Vision here more than I normally do, and Wanda didn't bore me as much as she used to. Right. Mm. I think that's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I ever you had that experience
1: of like Wanda and Vision changing. Um, it. I, I did. Well, I mean, it's like I do agree that like made the experience richer. Uh, I think I think that's pre- maybe that's the best word for it. Um, uh, knowing what these characters have will will eventually go through and what their relationship means to each other. Um, but also, like, you know, I don't want, like you said, Danny, I don't want, you don't want to give movie credit to the movie credit that it doesn't deserve because Wanda and Vision themselves don't have a payoff in this movie considering how much is being set up. Um, yeah, especially yeah. Wanda. I forgot this movie literally ends with a shot of her totally tied up, and then Captain America being like, oh, <laughs> "Exactly." Guys. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's it's like I don't I think the the movie wasn't sure what to do with Wanda and Vision, except for like, oh, maybe just have them together and see what happens, and then. But yeah, no, I mean, obviously, it, it pays off later on with Wanda Vision, but not, but it doesn't pay off within the movie itself.
2: It doesn't even pay off in Infinity
1: Yeah, one, no, point. not, no.
2: You know, it, it took until this TV show for their stuff to pay off. Which is kind of dumb, considering this show came out five years after mm-hmm. this movie did. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is too long. Uh, Tyler, any opinions from you about how WandaVision affected your watch of this? I, Particularly, obviously, like, involving well, Wanda
0: and Vision. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's obviously a lot more... I'm a lot more attached to those characters now. Um... But uh, I tried because as soon as I saw in that very first opening scene when Wanda's sitting at that um, that little like barista cafe. or cafe, yeah, yeah. Um, when she's sitting there, I immediately thought I was like, "Oh yeah, she's been through all this." And then I'm like, "Wait, mm-hmm. you technically should not know that right now," <laughs> um, because of the yeah order, exactly you know, yeah because of the order of how things are. Um, it,
2: yeah, I kept thinking about the "What is grief but love persevering" scene, yeah. like being the stuff that built vision their relationship before this. Which, like, it's yeah. a good scene, but it's like we can't really give this film credit for building off that. We, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't around. It's right. Recon, yeah. which is a weird way to like look. And it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be interesting if say Falcon and Winter Soldier build out Bucky and Sam in a similar way will the same thing happen where i'm looking at these movies and being like wow that's really deeper or even like zemo mm-hmm. or even Sharon carter <laughs> like will this show build out these characters that are well i don't think zemo's milk test or I, I i think bucky is i don't think falcon or
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, uh, zemo right. are though but my point is will we give these sh- these movies credit for stuff they don't really deserve credit for
0: yeah It's kind of an interesting thought yeah i i made sure to give my to make that note before i before I watched any further, it's like, hey, you can't like, you don't know these things just yet, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, we're we're kind of left in this movie. We're kind of left with Wanda and Vision just kind of being like the the shells of personalities. Right. Like we're waiting for them to be to be colored in, you know, to be I filled. Just remember... But and that's what this film should do. And we get a little bit of of shading. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 more of like we did a light shade and it's it's not the full color's not been applied to this. Well yet, also this is a sense. hot
1: off the heels of Age of Ultron, which introduced Vision and yeah. Wanda. So it's like mm-hmm.
0: I was about I was about to say, uh, I remember
2: one of my big takeaways from Civil War in the negative sense was, man, I was so hyped for vision after Age of Ultron. This movie did nothing mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. And I was so upset about that. Uh, especially since I knew who probably wouldn't be appearing in anything else until the next Avengers movie which is what ended up mm-hmm. happening yeah uh, I just remember being so bummed about that and I really hope now after, as I've said before I really hope that after WandaVision Marvel doesn't give up on Wanda or Vision because uh, as I've said before Kevin obviously we don't know your opinion on this but I think White Vision was a very clever way to work around the death of Vision but also still give us the emotional stuff yeah the no death. I
1: agree yeah
2: uh, uh, like I don't think it's a mm-hmm. cheat at all. Uh, but yeah, uh, WandaVision,
3: I like it more than <laughs> this.
2: Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree with that too. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: my next point is, I do not ship Sharon Carter and Cap next. <laughs> do you ship, please? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, pro- yeah, I wanted to ask, like, do we- That would be the Falcon, times to Bucky podcast? ship- that would be the <laughs> um, uh, no. I <laughs> Bucky and Falcon. Uh, I, I'm just, just ca- not, I'm just kind of expecting them. <laughs> They're just a bromance. I don't know. They're bros. Uh, but anyways, true. Yeah. No. That's just. I uh, love the shit like... name. <laughs> 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 wink,
2: wink, nudge, nudge. This is a not explicit podcast.
0: <laughs> I also just wanted to point out. Christoph Waltz is acting in this film. It's acting within his acting. What? What do you talk Christoph about? Waltz? <laughs> Christoph Waltz isn't in this movie.
1: I do I only Zemo? watch MCU movies. Who's Christoph Waltz? Isn't he Zemo? <laughs>
2: what? No. That's <laughs> Right. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> So. No, you said Christoph Waltz. Daniel Bruhl is in uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. That's w- what I'm thinking. With Christoph Waltz, oh. but it's not. It's not. It's not Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Christoph Waltz Oops. was in *Green Hornet*, the great Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh movie. my! The movie that I saw one time. Um, uh, I own that movie on 3D Blu-ray. I don't even have a 3D Blu-ray player or a <laughs>
1: just in case,
2: always prepared.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so wait so do you yeah. want to
2: talk about Daniel Bruhl's yes, performance That's what
0: I want to talk about I want to talk about <laughs> Daniel Bruhl's acting within his acting and I'm specifically thinking of uh, the hotel scene where he's got the the body in in the tub but then he we get this very serious um, Zemo um, and we know that he's up to all kinds of all kinds of bad. And then he goes to the door and it's an immediate change to oh well thank you for the breakfast. And uh it's it's how just quick he changes between between that. He has to act within the acting, if that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Um and now that I'm actually talking about the right actor also, that I bet that clears things up. But uh Chris I mean I would take Contact Christoph Waltz Daniel in Bull. the MCU. But yeah, Daniel Daniel Bruhl.
2: One fact about Daniel Bruhl is uh, he recently debuted his film, his directorial debut at the Berlin Film Festival. It's called Next Door, and it's about a uh, it's about an actor who is about to uh, a German actor who wants to go audition to be the bad guy in a Hollywood superhero movie. So <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little autobiographical to me, right? And I, I've heard it is, uh, but it's meant to be a comedy. And I just think that's kind of funny that Daniel Bruhl is like, you know. I did what all foreign actors did and got cast as the bad guy in a movie. So time for me to make like a movie about how that always happens. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me. Do you guys uh, do you guys remember uh, Funny or Die? Uh, yeah, I know uh, Funny or they Die.
0: Once did, I remember they this. once
2: did the sketch after Don, Jean Duchardin, who won Best Actor for the Artist, where it was like, now he auditions for Hollywood roles And it's like, bad guy in next James Bond movie. <laughs> Bad guy in Next Muppets movie. Mm-hmm. Bad guy in Next Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's a great little sketch. Uh but yeah. That's kinda of what Daniel Brewer reminds me of this. I think Daniel is a phenomenal actor, but he's also just very much the foreign bad guy in this. Yeah. But he's good in it. I do actually like him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um But I do think it's also that. I I think he... I think it's cool he got the end credit. Good on his yeah. agent.
0: Yeah. I I he's my my uh my favorite villain of the of the MCU, and I think it's because it, it wasn't some it he wasn't another superhero. He didn't build a super suit. Um, he wasn't some alien warlord who's trying to get these six ancient stones <laughs> or you know mystical stones. He was just a normal guy who true he had lost something hey kind of like melissa mccarthy's character <laughs> um but uh, I you're
2: gonna say like wanda but you know what I'm, I'm okay with talking about can you ever forgive me right
3: <laughs> uh
0: but uh but yeah he was just a normal normal guy who lost his family and he was he was wanting to uh con- yeah console himself he wanted to make things make things what how he thought would would be to make um, things right in his okay. vision but
2: all right we can move on but i do want to just have everything on the record is tyler might think baron Zemo is the best marvel villain i still think he's mm. a
0: good one but killmonger yeah. no I, come I on agree. man <laughs> killmonger is the best <laughs> come on Kill, killmonger is my one of my top three
2: is everyone Thanos? Yeah, I'm guessing. Wow, that's yeah. different yeah. from mine. <laughs> Killmonger is by far my favorite. I'd actually put Loki ahead of both Zemo and, and I'm talking literally just Loki and Avengers 1. I put him ahead of Zemo and Thanos. Uh,
1: but G- yeah. My do um, you guys want to hear my quick but anyway. top 3 oh. villains? Yeah, you can give me you villains. You're never you're not on this podcast. <laughs> go ahead, you can so actually, easy, so your space. <laughs> uh, so I think well, actually I don't no, I think Thanos is number three for me. Uh, number two would be uh Vulture from Spider-Man: Homecoming because I feel like it's more like how he operates as a villain compared to Spider-Man as the protagonist. Um, mm. thematically challenging the great power versus, comes with great responsibility and all that stuff. And then yeah, number one is Killmonger because he's just come on, man. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs>
2: Killmonger. Uh, I will give one more honorable mention though. I want to mention Ego. Yeah, Ego's really that good too. Mm. And ego is really good in being tied to the themes of the film too, like you said yeah. for vulture. Uh, but yeah, but demo is good. Mm-hmm. I do like demo. Uh, I think though, I wouldn't even put him as the best. Actually, I'd probably put him as no. He's better than Red Skull, as much as I like Hugo Weaving camming it up. But I like Red Robert Redford in Winter Soldier would, yeah um, But yeah, uh Tyler, you want to talk about aspect ratios?
0: Yeah. So this movie was shot well with its aspect ratio in mind. Uh, and specifically thinking of widescreen format. Every bit of the screen is used mm-hmm. in every shot and tells us something rather than just being filler. And I, and specifically contrasting, um, a shot in civil war where, um, we're in the apartment, um, where Cap first sees Bucky in this film, uh, meets him, and he's like, "Hey, they're coming for you. We gotta go." That's uh, right before the big chase scene, and uh, and uh, we see like the whole movement of the camera. There's not one time where there's just an empty space of whatever's in the background to build this room. Um, it just, is wanna... it's all Sorry. information that we can take we can take in because as it as it moves. We see um, what is replaced over on the right side is now Cap. But then we see Bucky standing in the corner of the room. And I thought this was done really well. Because, I mean, that's very purposeful um, to do that kind of shot. Are
2: you saying this has good cinematography or it uses the aspect ratio well? Or are you saying that's the same thing?
0: I'm probably saying it's the same thing because I'm not as... Okay. Into, no, that's like, fine. I, I disagree. With the,
2: that's the, why the I'm language. asking. I want to yeah, know what yeah. I'm arguing. I want to know what I'm arguing. You also got to know
0: I went to school to be a stage director, so... <laughs> so yeah. yeah,
2: but... Well, Kevin, I'll let you reply first, because you watched this yeah, on your Yeah, I was
1: about to say, like... that,
2: uh, And we can also talk about Avengers 1 a bit, too, before we get into my Yeah, thoughts, it was...
1: Too. Going, by, going on what you were saying, Tyler, it was really interesting watching it on the phone, because of how much information was packed into each frame. Um, to where it was kind of a bombarding sometimes, whereas like when you watch it, when I watch it in IMAX 3D, it was like, oh yeah, like, you know, so much, I, I love all the visuals. It's like every yeah. big screen of everything on it. Then watching on the phone, I'm like, wow, this is a lot to keep track of. Um, especially like the action sequences, there's so everything's very fast paced and like, you know, there's even a lot of shaky cam incorporated in it. Um, mm-hmm. it was, um, it was just a lot to deal with. So, I mean, so this, I mean, obviously, so this is a spectacle film. Like, you know, it's meant to be seen on the big screen and, just, you know, and get, like, the best, like, the movie theater experience possible, which is, which is a good thing. I think it's a fantastic thing. Um, so it was, uh, so, yes, the, the cinematography is good. And it's also, like, a very big flex on the budget, I think, where they would actually have Sebastian Stan and Chris Evans in the frame at the same time. Instead of like a stand in so that way one of them can take a break or have a day off or something. Um yeah. that that is a flex a lot of producers try to do. Um from my experience uh working in the indie indie film industry. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're, Kevin has some great indie
2: film stories, that we won't get into today. But he has he has some yeah, really interesting. <laughs> Mostly involving shows <sharps. laughs> in North Carolina, <laughs> <Screw> North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but yeah. Um,
2: well, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to really talk about Avengers One because we can talk about the Avengers One aspect ratio whenever we talk about Avengers One. Because I think the aspect ratio of Avengers One is
1: it's interesting, quite a big part uh, of that movie. Avengers actually. One has just uh, <laughs> interesting cinematography in general.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. But I want to say something that Tyler. Can I just? I'm just going to say it. We can move right on. You don't have to respond because I know you're going to get mad. Okay. At it. Uh, first, I don't think any Marvel movie has good cinematography really at all. I don't think there's been a single MCU Guardians good of good Galaxy two. Oh yeah, it, it has good color grading. It doesn't have good cinematography. Uh, I also would argue that the only modern blockbuster I've seen that uses the widescreen aspect ratio to its fullest potential is Tyler's least favorite movie, Star Wars: mm-hmm. the Last Jedi. Uh, that film constantly uses its full widescreen thing in a way that, like, 70s epics did uh, in fully utilizing the frame. That is the only mod... There might be a few others, but that's the one that really comes to mind initially to me, where it's like, yes, that film always packs stuff in the frame or doesn't in an awful way. I mean,
1: I'm I'm sorry, Tyler, Uh, but I I agree with Danny on this one, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't
2: really think of... Yeah, I don't think any Marvel movie even comes close. And that's what well, I mean. Like, yeah. I me mean, that's just kind of like
1: how it is with like big studio films. It's like you try to make it clean and concise so that. Brian Johnson pulled well, the. No. Well, yeah, I know, <laughs> but, like that's he's like the anomaly. I mean, he saw the backlash on that.
2: You guys can't see it right now, but Tyler is stewing. <laughs>
1: Tyler is like ready I'm to just sitting, I'm just sitting,
0: i just taking it <laughs> But in. no, like, I'm... you know,
1: but yeah, like, Marvel Cinematography is, it's clean and concise because you want it, because they want people to be able to follow along with the action. They don't want anyone to get confused. You know what had a good one that isn't, uh, it's, it's a
2: superhero movie. I think Logan had yeah. very, I think James Mangold's movies have very subtly good cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because 4V Ferrari also stands out as a really, like, it's a movie that you wouldn't label for best cinematography, but it has really cinematography. I
1: I really liked... I don't think I'd put... I mean, Danny, you're probably going to hate this one, but I actually really like the cinematography of Spider-Man Homecoming. um, Because it's like, like, you know, the the use of Uh. simplicity. Um, But that's just, that's my quick thing.
2: I think the end, the third... We can move on after this, but I just want to counter. I think the third act of Spider-Man Homecoming completely disqualifies it from any cinematography discussions That's fair. I think Civil War, I would agree with Tyler that Civil War is a better better option there. I would say Marvel movie cinematography-wise, the good ones are... You know what? There is one Marvel Marvel movie I'd say that has good cinematography. I'll let you guys both have a guess, and I'll tell you if you're right. Tyler, you can guess.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Black Panther, because... That's Don't like Danny's. Fraud. That's Danny's always number say- one film. To no, actually, to I, think really good. I, I think Captain America: First is really
2: good. I think Captain. No, I think <laughs> they're both whatever. It's Thor: Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, uh, Tika mm. actually brought a sensibility to the uh, cinematography. It's weird. It has kind of. I always think of it's a gimmick shot, but I always think of the shot where it's like Loki and Valkyrie are walking down the thing, and it, it reveals that you're actually watching the reflection uh-huh. on the floor, and it pulls up. But it also does like that cool, like Wes Anderson esque uh, symmetry that other Taika right. movies has. Well, I mean, have, and I don't really think I've seen a blockbuster. show. Well, yeah, shot
1: I like I, that. I I I refer to Thor Ragnarok a lot as like live action anime. Like that's like that's uh, that's yeah. that's Taika's yeah style. That's a good and, like so when whenever Taika does his Akira movie, like I'm gonna be I'm so pumped for that.
2: I I I, I can't wait for Taika's Akira also. But I don't know if we're going to get it. All right, we can move on. We're talking about Akira. <laughs> <laughs> that nothing to do with War. <laughs> uh,
0: what is your take on Tony's inclusion of Peter in the conflict?
2: Was it Peter Maximoff?
0: No. Was it Evan No, Peters? your favorite Peter.
2: Parker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't really have an opinion. Uh, we can actually, uh, we'll talk about Peter Parker next, but now I actually want to talk about something after this. But let Kevin, you can reply, and then okay. I want to i don't really have a response tyler i'm sorry i don't it's like you know he's including the fight because marvel got the rights to spider-man to use so they're gonna use exactly the yeah they that's why uh but uh story-wise i don't know i guess it sets up the end his arc in infinity war and endgame mm-hmm. well this early but yeah
1: um kevin i mean yeah no, i agree with like yeah the way homecoming utilizes his appearance in civil war is really great but um uh, but on civil war itself Uh, it's it was kind of weird, uh, having him suddenly introduced. It's like and then it's like Tony's like, "Yeah, I know a guy," and he's like, uses you know he breaks what he believes in just to recruit a kid (laughs) off the streets to be a superhero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that that... it's kind of funny too because Falcon
2: does the same. Like Falcon has like the exact same line, but it's like, "Oh yeah, you were an Ant Man." Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We don't need the (laughs) intro. (laughs) We're gonna presume everyone here going to see the new Avengers esque movie saw Ant Man. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. why not? <laughs>
1: but uh, but, but yeah, yeah, it's I don't know it's like I liked I liked how Peter Parker was in this movie. Um, there there mm-hmm. is a missed joke opportunity uh, that I keep that always bothers me when I see it. It's when you know Ant you know Giant Man is now big and Spider Man's crawling all over him and he crawls across the eye. Uh, we see it from like giant man's point of view i love that yeah but it's like, like my my, yeah. my a joke that i wish they had where peter would say like my what big eyes you have or something like that mm. as he's crawling across yeah because uh, it just felt like you having that it was like a moment of dead space when we see spider-man he's not saying anything <laughs> um yeah, uh, that's true.
0: that would have been a very spidey-esque yeah thing definitely
1: too. uh but uh we can talk
2: uh, i want to talk about spidey soon but i I want to talk about something else. Unless you I mean, I know it's again. just like yeah. I mean, do the you?
0: inclusion
1: was a little weird, but it works for what it was trying to do for the most part. Um, yeah. which is kind of like you know, it's once again thinking, of, looking at the ethics of civil war between Tony and um, Cap, and it's just like it's it's flimsy when you really start trying to like push on it. Um. So it's yeah, it's just you know, but it is cool. I really liked it. I like the new suit. I like the the choreography for Spider Man. So.
2: spider-man who coming (laughs) no i'm kidding uh uh let's briefly talk about like this is just something i added because i remember tyler we had this as a thought experiment in a wandavision episode that i was like oh we can talk about this when we do the civil war episode and we didn't yeah it's uh what if Quicksilver was in this movie everyone Uh, dies (laughs) i think now's a good time to get to it because this is where we're at the war fight what everyone dies what kevin
1: Quicksilver. Wins. No, I mean the,
2: I mean Aaron Taylor Johnson Quicksilver. To be clear, I don't mean Evan Peters overpowered Quicksilver. <laughs> uh, I, I mean the Aaron Taylor Johnson one. Um, He's because I yeah. think it's interesting. Uh, it's a big. That's honestly what I hope the biggest what if episode I would want would be yeah. like, what if Quicksilver uh-huh. had lived because uh, I think he significantly would change Wanda's relationships in this mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he be interesting to have him side with tony mm-hmm. you know stuff like i i think the what if quicksilver lived question is the biggest how does these movies play out question. right yeah because yeah.
1: that's i feel like yeah there's a lot of emotional impact if that were the case and my worry with what if is that it's gonna lack a lot of those emotional impact in its decisions because like you know obviously like what if peggy became captain america that's interesting um uh, but it was like but what if this random guy was star lord was like uh, i don't know <laughs> Hey, that's gonna be an emotional episode, regardless, man. <laughs> it's the last. It's the la- No, it is. It's it's because
2: it's the last Chadwick thing we're gonna get. Is that... come on, man? It's gonna be emotional. Wait, is, in that, wait, regard, is that Chadwick voicing him or? Oh, yeah, they got him to. Rec- yeah, they recorded the what if episodes like two years ago.
1: Oh, I had no idea. Before. So wait, so is that character uh, T'Challa or, or is it unconfirmed? Yeah, it's oh, T'Challa. Oh, I had no idea. It's... I thought it was just some random guy. No, it's T'Challa. What
2: if T'Challa became like. Black... What do you really think the episode's going to tell? What if some random guy became <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> that, that, Star that's Lord? what I thought I was looking at, but I didn't realize it was Chadwick Boseman. But no, now, it's, it's okay, now I'm excited for what if. Now I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's a thought experiment that's interesting, but it's also like I don't want to. I, I, we can just be like, hmm, but we can leave it at that if you guys just want to. I, I think it's, it's
1: something that's like up in the air for me. It's I don't have a yeah. definitive answer. Yeah, yeah, it'd and be something like, where I'd have to
2: write out a long pitch, like my Matt Damon mm-hmm. pitch.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, me, um, I would want to. I would want to uh, know exactly like which side he would pick, and if he would really turn the tables towards towards that, you know, that side in in the complex. Well, it would give if Cap another powerful. Pro-
2: oh, Cap only has Wanda yeah. on his team. That's powerful. Ant Man too. Ant Man's pretty good. Uh but Quicksilver just kind of open mm-hmm. Quicksilver um, just
0: grabs cap and runs to the Quinjet and then they take off we fight's done exactly yeah. um
2: I want to talk briefly about the guest stars which is what I refer to as so these mo- this movie is pretty much an Avengers movie and there's some characters in it that are being introduced mainly to advertise their sub franchises uh black panther technically qualifies but i also i think he's too integrated into the plot to really be it Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i do think spider-man and ant-man are really only here to market their next film
0: yeah um
2: but i think also i would say uh in regards to spider-man this is the only time i've liked spider-man in the mcu (laughs) ever uh which is kind of sad in a lot of ways (laughs) because i love homecoming you you should not be mad at me you should be mad at john watts (laughs) uh this is the only time i really liked Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I think he's really funny. I think he's really clever. And I love the way he mm-hmm. moves. And a part of that has to do with how in Homecoming they make him way weaker of a character. Uh, and it's kind of a disappointment after how cool it is to watch Spider-Man. This I also just like, it's what you mentioned earlier, the giant man scene where he's crawling on yeah. his eye. That's like such a, like, I've never seen Spider-Man really move like a spider in a Spider-Man movie before. And that was like a, whoa. Oh,
1: yeah, no, know, like, remember. I think, well, I didn't write that in the outline here, but like, the stunt direction of this movie is really amazing. Um, cause I think they, they, <laughs> they have the same, the directors of, um, John wick who are stunt directors with the matrix and all stuff.
2: Yeah. They do the, they did the stunt coordination for this and winter. Yeah.
1: So believe. then it, I think, you know, miss mixing this with the Russo's direction was really interesting, especially like, you know, that shot when in the beginning of the movie, when cat falls and like hits one freight car, then like lands on the ground or something like that. Do you guys remember that shot?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I also want to counter immediately and say I don't think necessarily their stunts were used that much for this sequence. Mm-hmm. This is more of a previous scene. I feel like. Well, yeah,
1: the, yeah. The airport scene was not yeah. not. I, I feel like it was very lackluster compared to the other action scenes in the film. Uh, but like, yeah. but no, but, but going back to Spider-Man crawling like a spider, yeah, it's like I think that's part of, that's I think that's a stunt direction move, um, and it's as far as far as how it's choreographed and coordinated, and I think it's just, that that was really really one of the highlights of the film.
2: Yeah, and I'd also say uh, to also. Co- I think Ant Man. Uh, I like Ant Man now. I hated. I didn't like the first Ant Man <laughs> movie at all. Uh, but I think he's really good in this. And I think that's good. I also think it's worth pointing out that I know Ant Man worked as a guest star because my parents skipped Ant Man 1 and they saw this and they went to go see Ant Man mm-hmm. 2. So it worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also just. I know I, I like I, my big thing uh, recently. I've been talking about, like I really like T'Challa and Vision because they're very serious compared to other characters. But I also just like Paul Rudd. He gives a different vibe of energy of the other jokesters in the MCU. Mm-hmm. He, I feel like it's because he's like he's trying not to
1: be stupid, but
2: he just. Well, I is. think, I think <laughs> well, Paul Rudd is thing.
1: also like a comedian. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, so is Chris Pratt. That's true. Uh, but Paul Rudd is.
1: Right. I mean it's like ways. you know like John yeah. Mulaney in Spider-Verse. It's like, you know, this is a stand-up comedian with actors.
2: This should give John Mulaney a uh, Marvel hero. Come on. Spider-Ham. Give me a live action. Catherine <laughs> Hahn, she got a live action role. We can give John Mulaney Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I was actually watching right. John Mulaney, so Mulaney clips last night. <laughs> so the the action in the airport scene watching watching through this time um there has always been something off about the airport scene to me, um, and mm-hmm. the I noticed this time that the action in the airport scene cued us for Roadie's incident, and it does it. It like now that I notice it, it's any time that we really get a he, a hero that is in that looks to be in peril or looks like they don't have it all together is with war machine. Mm-hmm. Um, because even when a whole bunch of cars are thrown on, uh, Tony, he's just kind of chilling. He's like, yeah, I know I detected the multiple contusions. It's whatever. Spider-Man gets mm-hmm. his face thrown into all kinds of, uh, steel frames when that he, uh, <laughs> slings on, he slings onto that, uh, to red wing and it drags him out of the, out of the, uh, building. But, uh, yeah, Ant Man just wants orange slices. <laughs> but I I noticed that the the only person that seems to really, it's it's like when, I was, like when I'm watching this again, I'm like, oh, well, do they get hurt? Like what ha- what happens in this scene? And I've seen this I don't know how many how many times now, but I noticed that it's Rhodey, and then I realized it's a it's just them queuing us up, like prepping us for this scene later on where Vision accidentally shoots him out of the sky. And it's really disappointing now, because I don't think that we needed, that scene did not need this prep for us. We, you know, the scenes that hit us the most are the ones that we don't expect. You know, the catastrophes that uh, hit us the hardest are the ones that we don't expect. Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that first that first episode when he appeared it's like holy crap uh, we discovered his last name and and, uh, so so, yeah we had no idea that he was was broken weeks later there he is um
2: (laughs) what an episode Sidebar: I do want to give Kevin credit for uh, he's the. F- I didn't steal his opinion, <laughs> but he did say, well, "Well, after episode five came out of one yep. Vision. He's like, yeah, well, we'll I have loved this episode, episode five. But yeah, 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 that is basically you, what my opinion on WandaVision ended up being.
0: I know you guys aren't fans of the airport scene. I'm more just fan of the um, airport scene just because it's heroes versus heroes. It's just long and so you no, know, it really is. It's like fifteen minutes." 15, and 16 It's seven like I think it's yeah. seventeen minutes when I checked. And the it time, goes so. back to what um. I said
2: about Man of Steel, where it's like this is just set in an airport so that way they wouldn't have people complaining. Yeah. And then like afterward it would have been okay. Story wise it would have made more sense for this not to be an airport. Because then afterwards Ross mm-hmm. would have been like, You guys just wrecked the city. You know? Who cares <laughs> about an airport that's yeah. evacuated? Yeah.
3: It's...
1: Yeah. Well then also like the weird part of like with the airport scene was the setup to it was like how, how many logical hoops the story went through just to have it set up at mm-hmm. the airport. was a little weird to yeah. me watching it and watching it in shots yeah. at least on my phone. Um, but going on with the, like the, the war machine and like with twists. So I, I personally believe that twists always need a setup mm. um, that like, you know, especially with like with Quicksilver appearing in WandaVision, we're mentioning Quicksilver uh so we it, it's it's one of those things with platos it's like you um you get what you were expecting yeah. and then more um so with 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 the whole thing with roadie is like we got what we were expecting but nothing really else was a cherry on top of that it was just kind of like you get what you're expecting that's it it's, there's no more gotcha. to it yeah, yeah. um with, but you know what yeah with the sorry do you want know to yeah,
2: bothers me? Also about the roadie thing is and maybe it's also this is like a post wandavision thing i want to see more wandavision is that Vision goes like, "I made a mistake," and they're like, "I didn't know you could." And like, that's pretty much the last we yeah, see exactly. Vision in the movie. Like, he sits quietly in Avengers Mansion alone after it. Yeah, and he's just kind of like, mm-hmm. "Okay, like, whatever."
1: Right. And it's like like we get we get the we see oh, yeah. we see Rhodey get hurt, and then that's kind of we kind of leave it at that. There's no, and then when we come back to it, there's we see Rhodey trying to get better, but there's no real emotional repercussion. There's no. There's there's no and more. it kind of has, there there is yeah. and it
2: kind of has to do with the stakes problem people always bring up with this movie is that I don't think it's an issue that no one dies but I do think it's an issue that the person mm-hmm. who gets injured is just Rhodey like to be very blunt yeah. Rhodey is the most expendable character in this film uh in mm-hmm. terms of how the story has set him up as a role so and I like Don Cheeto, I'm not I'm not trashing Don Cheadle yeah. I'm saying that Rhodey's been kind of underserved in these films which is fair mm-hmm. eventually he'll get a disney plus show and i'll be like wow he's great like wand and vision is uh yeah mm-hmm. revisit civil war in four years after all these characters get their on tv shows right <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah uh yeah i don't know it's i agree yeah, the no, I mean... stuff is kind of iffy
1: yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, the idea of, like, getting the, what you want and more as a twist, it's like, you know, with Quicksilver, I think the the whole Evan Peters reveal was amazing, like, Quicksilver, like, oh, Quicksilver's gonna come out, Aaron Terry Johnson is like, to surprise, it's being recasted to Evan Peters, You're like, what? Like,
2: Life is um, good, and that's, but it can be better.
1: That, and that's a thing, I mean, at, in the time of episode five, it was like, it worked great as, like, a twist for the character Wanda, because she's like, oh my gosh, who is this guy, like, this isn't my brother. Uh, but also to the audience, where it's like you know, it's rewarding us for having watched the X Men movies. I mean, and then later on, with you know, it tells us to, to right. ourselves. But, yeah. <laughs> Basically, it tells you how dare you have fun, how dare you like these movies.
2: Uh, <laughs> all right, let's let's move on because I see how long we've been recording. And yeah, our poor listeners um, and our poor Tyler. <laughs> our poor... <laughs> yeah,
0: nearly three Talk hours. About the f- do we just want to move on to a flashback? I don't care about the raft.
2: Yeah, I don't think the raft is that interesting. No in the feds. I was just
0: uh, Well, saying, I just yeah. want to
2: mention something I noticed in the flashback quick, which is, you know, the, I'm talking about the flashback to uh, Bucky killing the parents. Okay. Uh, is that Howard Stark recognizes Bucky, and I'd never noticed that before. He, like, I, don't, mm-hmm. I think he says, like, Barnes to him. Like, yeah. And it's, I yeah. had never noticed that. I just thought that was cool. Uh I guess there's not much to discuss there. I, we're we're kind of moving <laughs> ahead quick because, one, we're running out of time. But, two, I think one of us is going to mention. Do we want to talk about the end fight? I don't think. It's a good end fight. I like how, it, as I said it's, earlier, I like how it meshes the Civil War. It really is the – it's Winter Soldier mixed with the Avengers fight, the end fight. There's yeah. a lot of right. really cool stuff in it. I mean – The choreo.
1: Yeah, and the visuals were amazing. And then, like, you know, they had the comic book reference of, like, you know, Captain America holding the shield up against Iron Man's yeah. You know, yeah. blasters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was amazing to see an IMAX 3D and like, my theater cheered when that happened um, so like I, I had a really great theater experience with this movie and I think that really and being a spectacle film watching an IMAX 3D is just like this was like one of my best my most favorite theater experiences um, so it was just seeing that even just on my phone I was like wow this is amazing <laughs> uh, right. it's uh, I it, it, I don't think there's anything to really critique about the final fight from my perspective, at least. Well, uh it's just there work, is, but I don't really want to get into it because uh, I feel like we kind of covered it already. Works better be... than Batman mm-hmm. versus Superman. I'll That's true. Yeah, I will give it that. I will <laughs> yeah. give it that.
3: Of
2: course. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes back to that ethical thing where it's like this movie is more about emotional stakes than about ethics, even though it was presented about ethics. But right. also, I don't, I don't know. It's in case you guys can't tell, we're listen, listening to this. It's like. We've been going at this for a bit, so we're gonna just move on. <laughs> just a little yeah. while. <laughs> uh, let's talk about just the post-credit scene briefly. Uh, I'll let you guys give your verdicts, and I'll give mine. Uh, say if they're good post-credit scenes or not. Say if you think they should have been the movie proper or not. Tyler,
0: um, I think they're both good, and I think they work. Um, the the Black Panther post-credit, um, it would ha- I think it could have possibly worked in the uh in the main but it works just fine as it's as its own i think both post-credit scenes work work fine as their own i really wouldn't want the spider-man one that one would it would be so awkward yeah in in the in the proper but uh but yeah nope that's what i think
1: kevin um, I, I, the, the Black Panther scene, I feel like it should have been the actual ending of the film proper. And then the actual, cause the actual ending that we have in the film proper, I feel like should have been that mid credit scene or, you know, that's a, see,
2: sorry, I don't want to jump ahead to mine, but like, I was thinking for me, both of them are good post credits scene. but I remember I really hate the actual ending of this film. And yeah, so it's kind of like yeah, I guess I can bump that up and make it the the actual <laughs> ending of this movie being a because like because
1: because when you bump the the Bucky being frozen for the to make it the film proper ending, it's like that you're you're ending it on emotional stakes, like or like uh, like a uh, what's the word? uh uh Consequences. um And whereas when you end on the what we actually have in the film proper, which is Captain America's like. Hey man, you ever need a you ever need a friend? Give me a call. And then he walks up to like his friends and is like I'm gonna break you out. He's uh, wearing like a
2: sweater. It was before Chris yeah. Evans wearing sweaters was cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, I feel like they could have been swapped or with like just completely do without the current film proper. Just have uh, the current film ending proper, and then uh, just have the Black Panther scene. Uh, but the uh, Spider Man post credit scene, I think that works as a post credit scene. You know we see like what happened to Peter afterwards and then get hyped for the next movie
2: so okay so here's my quick opinion I kind of gave my opinion on placement and how it's finer if it's mm-hmm. not um, I think the Black Panther scene is good uh, watching it this time made me go like I should just turn on Black Panther right now and watch Wakanda it's such a good tease of like what we're gonna get from mm-hmm. Wakanda true especially yeah. since like it's it is just a tease like when we eventually saw Wakanda it looks so much better than what we do in this movie but in this movie it still looks cool it's just not to the full level.
0: Yeah. Um, well, there's fog covering. Covering. Well, everything. I mean, even though
2: like the production design of like where Bucky's being held. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not on the level of Black Panther's crazy yeah. production. Yeah. Right. Thing. Um, I actually don't like the Spider-Man post-credit scene at all. It's just because it sets up that risk communicator thing to be like a huge part of Spider-Man, and it's, I think it's used once in Homecoming. Yeah.
1: Is it a communicator?
2: or Is it just a light? But that's my point though it's it's set up to be a big deal and it's not I don't even know what it is and, and maybe yeah. like ooh I wonder what that is and then if I never learned they never told me right so it's <laughs> like okay um, so the I don't like the, the I like the beginning of it I just think the ending is a little silly um, but yeah we can move on to our why is awards what what alright we will go in the order uh, for all these Tyler Kevin and Danny. So, first up is our most valuable player, acting.
0: All right, I'm gonna go with Daniel Bruhl, aka Christoph Waltz. What a guy! Yeah, he's he's solid. <laughs> <laughs> he was acting as an actor in a. Oh, that's just like. Well, Tom no, he service. actually acts as an actor yeah. in
2: a *Inglorious Bastard,
1: So you you are close, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, true. So, Kevin, wild. But yeah.
1: Uh, for me, it's uh, Chadwick Boseman. I mean, we haven't said it all.
2: Yeah, yeah. In uh, case okay, so we'll, it should be really obvious for me, it's Chadwick Boseman too. So. Um, <laughs> so we'll just move on. Uh, favorite episode? Episode. No, sorry. Favorite scene. Our favorite scene of this.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go with the chase scene between Cap, Bucky, and Black. We cancer.
2: didn't really talk about it, but uh, we can, since we didn't talk about Kevin, you we and I can give our thoughts on that really quickly. It's like, I agree. It's a really great scene it's not my favorite yeah, scene no, it... uh, but it's probably actually the best set piece this movie has
1: oh yeah no it was a really yeah. interesting set piece um, like you know it was it, I mean, visually just seeing Cap running fast but like it, it was just like going back and forth between like cars moving at normal speed and then uh, Cap moving at normal speed and then Cap running at super speed past cars it was just like and it could not be, be understood mind- how like
2: great the black Panther for is it's such a good moment oh yeah
1: yeah oh yeah the, when that theme kicks in woo! yeah so good it's not even um, it's henry jackman you <laughs> did
2: one good thing congrats you're
1: right <laughs> uh my favorite episode slash scene is spider-man's intro not to be confused with peter parker's intro uh it, oh it is, really like, you know, i thought you
2: meant peter parker's intro with this that's interesting
1: yeah, no, I, 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 see, I like that one for the most part, but then, like, towards the end, I feel like it falls flat, whereas with Spider-Man's intro, when he grabs Captain America's shield, like, that moment before the fight, I feel like this is, like, a really interesting moment, a really great, fun moment for me. I mean, I'm just a huge Spider-Man nerd, so. <laughs>
2: I think uh, that's, that's true. It's, it, I actually do like Spider-Man's intro, too. I want to talk briefly, actually, about Peter's, and just really quick uh, is mm-hmm. that I think Civil War started this obnoxious trend with movies where like now, whenever we have location blocks in movies, they have to be really huge and annoying. I actually think it also has to do with people watching it on their phones so they can read the text. Kevin, you're part of the problem here. No, um, uh,
1: no. But I actually think, <laughs> the first though, Marvel to movie I've here, ever seen. None of my phone. I was the part of the problem the whole time. Uh, but to me, uh,
2: <laughs> I also think that uh, I think it works in this movie just because the Queen's title is such like. To me, it's a joke. It's like. The reveal mm-hmm. of why they've been doing this obnoxious title card. So they can do that ridiculous Queens one. Where everywhere else mm-hmm. is like a major city. And it's just like, this is a borough of New York. Welcome to Queens. And I'm like, yeah, I always like that. Have some uh, Alt-J favorite... playing
1: in the background. What? Have Alt-J playing in the background. One hand free. Yeah. Uh,
2: my favorite scene <laughs> is the Zemo and T'Challa talk at the end. Where Zemo tries to take his own life. And T'Challa let's go. Uh, it's the culmination of T'Challa's mm. arc here. It reminds me of the Vision and Ultron scene, uh, in mm-hmm. a really good sense. They're honestly they're both kind of equal in my book, uh, and it has as we've labeled them both the, the MVPs. Two of them are both acting ridiculously well in that scene, uh, mm-hmm. highlight of the movie to me by far. Uh, okay, worst scene.
0: Sharon Carter kissing Cap. Those are America's lips. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Although I do like the Bucky and. Sam joke afterwards. It's a good joke. Yeah, I love yeah.
0: The, I love the the Bucky and Sam uh stuff right there and we could have got that same scene without that forced romance yeah. that never Yeah, he kissed the wall instead.
2: And I feel like, yeah. Well, also right he could he could have
0: been like, "Oh, weapons my yeah, shield exactly. kiss yeah what well, was also weird about uh, that kiss just, like, was like
1: w- watching on my phone it felt really unmotivated it's just like it's <laughs> it Cap is just standing <laughs> really still and suddenly like <laughs> they don't spend yeah, any time he's, he's kind of like he's like i'm
0: gonna do it, would it. more sense yeah. if he kiss black widow
1: not that i want him exactly. to but it would have made
2: more sense
1: right it was just yeah. so out of nowhere it's like what what spurred this moment
2: um what's your worst scene
1: um, I didn't like any of the Iron Man scenes in this movie. Uh, I think we would like kind of goes with what I was saying earlier. He just felt really flat, and every time we were focused on Tony having his own moral dilemma, it was just kind of like it just wasn't interesting to me. Um, for whatever reason, it was just kind of like oh, it's just flat. He's just doing it for himself. it present trying. I think it's what what we were saying. Like it's trying to present itself as an ethical problem when it's actually an emotional problem. Yeah. Um, but like that that and that is it's clear that the directors are thinking it's an ethical problem. So it's The film is miscommunicating with itself. Of what it's trying to do.
2: Uh, I will say, I want to give a brief defense of one Iron Man moment. It's like literally Mm -hmm. like five second moment is I think one of the coolest action beats Iron Man gets in any of these movies is in this movie. And it's when he's fighting Bucky and he pulls on like that, like, uh, just the hand gauntlet and like he like gets shot straight in the hand I love that moment. Yeah. It's a good moment.
1: That, that, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: my worst scene is the ending with Cap's sweater and this very <laughs> silly monologue where it's like, don't worry, we'll be friends someday. And it's like, okay, <laughs> all right. Way to completely undercut what this movie was about. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the worst scene. Uh, I do, though, I will defend on one aspect. People always are like, that ending completely removes the stakes of the movie. No, there's still stakes. It's just significantly lessens them, which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, mm but yeah best moment
0: um, best moment for me is the uh, it's when Secretary of State Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross shows the videos of the destruction that the Avengers have caused um I that just seeing the fallout of what them saving the day really is like seeing the you know that there are there are cons to to what they did but also it's yeah but they saved how many other lives i thought that it however faulty the argument of this movie is that it was a decent base for them foundation for them to uh to start on and then also uh that moment uh wanda wanda sees no i'm not gonna go because <laughs> this movie Treated her character horribly. <laughs> oh, no worry. Yeah. Five years down the road, she'll get a TV show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, with with uh, it's not called Wanda, it's called Wanda Vision. Wanda, Ooh, two characters for the price of one. V- Shine. <laughs> Uh, my favorite moment from this movie is like we met, we mentioned in the last category, uh, Sam and Bucky nodding at Cap and Sharon's kiss is like just the reaction is like yeah, that was so funny to watch. It's pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: I think the best moment is actually uh, the giant man reveal. It's a great moment. Still plays mm-hmm. really well. Uh, I remember the c- crowd absolutely losing it at it. Oh yeah, uh, and it's great. It's really just a great moment.
1: I've only done this once before, but I passed out.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna get really, really big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the way it builds up to because and like, and doesn't like it like cuts to like, it, like it the one time. of them like giving a really like disturbed look at what
2: he's talking about? They're like, uh,
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Paul Rudd, what a guy. Worst moment
0: the worst moment uh, is just the wandavision stuff it needs more dialogue we, you know you can build you can build these characters uh, one thing that i think we talked about the marvel films uh, taken off with this film uh, to where it got in the sense of like you have to see, you have to see this in theaters you have to see it in theaters um, is that action action is a lot but action isn't everything mm-hmm. And uh, like we appreciate and I think especially with WandaVision, we learn to appreciate dialogue a lot more. Um so I yeah, I just think the WandaVision stuff is to me is the worst worst moment. It needs more. Not that there's nothing. I also there, think vision is kind need, of poorly it needs written. more to it.
2: Uh, I know you yeah, said Wanda, yeah. but I also think like vision's just like people are afraid of you, but don't worry. It's just kinda of like, mm-hmm. No, she should. Uh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to add that. Because you were like, oh, I think it's just one that's bad. And I was like, mm, I, I think it's both of them.
0: Well, it's it's the yeah, one and yeah, yeah. the vision. Yeah, they're both bad. Both, yeah.
2: They're equally
1: awful. Uh, rip. If only they would get a sh- their own show yeah. five years later. If only right. had nine half hours to,
2: <laughs> to tell their story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if only we got a tenth episode.
2: <laughs>
1: only it had Peter Max smoth. Oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> say you're oh, <or> scratchy. <laughs> um, so my least favorite—I—I—I I, I, I cheated and picked two, but like they're really fast. Uh, subjectively, I didn't really care for Spider-Man saying "holy bleep." Am I allowed to say that on this podcast?
2: No, you canceled.
1: No. Yeah. Okay. You can say so "holy." So Spider-Man poop. swearing, which say was really poop. was was really. Say "holy poo," Kevin. Me. I want to hear it. <laughs> holy poo. <laughs> 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 Spider-Man said, holy poo, When Giant-Man got big. Um, it was, I don't know, it was it, as a fan of the character, uh, it just felt really out of character to me because um, he doesn't really swear in the comics when, from, from yeah. what I read. Um, but also, like, objectively, it was like him having his own version of great power and responsibility, comes with great responsibility in a very convoluted way that doesn't really make any sense when you think about it. I,
2: I will say it's better than the one in The Amazing Spider-Man. One thing, I
1: feel like that one's better because it actually makes some sort of sense. But isn't sense? that one?
2: It's like you know, when you have the power, you don't do anything with it. You you, you use the power wrong or something like that. it's.
1: Weird. Well, no, you have to use your power for something to make to make to for something better. I mean, um, regardless,
2: it's better than like Superman's dad thing. Like, don't use your power, son. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
1: this one is like it's like it's like you know, you have the power to keep the bad things from happening, and when the bad things happen, that's on you. It's like. Like it makes it's like the way it phrases, it's more more uh, convoluted than that. And it's just like, What are you? Yeah. It's like, that makes zero sense, dude. Just say with great power comes a great responsibility, and then show it. But they did in Homecoming, so
2: <laughs> my issue with the movie and this has been something I've always said with this is I really if this starts the running gag, and it keeps going on in other movies of Spider Man being like, Hey, this is like that really old movie Empire Strikes Back. And I'm sorry, nobody his age refers to Empire Strikes Back as that old movie. It's, it's that Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars mm-hmm. defies age. People don't refer... Now they might be like the old Star Wars movies, but they won't be just mm-hmm. for like, ah, uh, the old movie, Empire Strikes Back. No. It's a, it's a very cheesily written line that's just tried to make it like, look at how young this kid is. But even young people don't refer to Star Wars movies as an old film first. It's Star Wars. It's Evergreen. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I agree. The like the Alien reference in Infinity War makes yeah Alien a lot makes more sense because yeah. it's R, so he shouldn't be watching the kid, but he probably yeah. grew up watching Star Wars. Um, did you notice that both Alien and Star Wars were Fox?
1: Yeah. Well, well, Star like, Wars was. Star I'm just saying, Wars, yeah.
0: with Disney doing all of its subtle dissing. Well, but Star Fox, Wars was Lucasfilm. But, Disney uh, had
2: bought Lucasfilm by the time of Civil War.
0: Well. Yeah. 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 That's and then, true. That's and then yeah. Then the then Fox Fox acquisition happens. Yeah. That yeah. Disney synergy. Yeah. Now, if you excuse but... me, I'm
2: gonna go watch Malcolm in the Middle while uh, <laughs> switching <laughs> on the Incredibles. Also.
1: Uh, while hating on the X Men, Quicksilver. Yeah. What the <laughs> <heck>? Calling <laughs> in the He's fake just, like, Quicksilver. Who,
2: who would ever want to watch Days of Future Past? It's bad. It's not real Marvel.
1: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> every time he's every time every quicksilver every time quicksilver shows up it's like hit hey, Billy <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it's ruined forever <laughs> anyways uh, best surprise uh,
0: the best surprise for me was uh Zemo's unveiling of the plan uh more it's more of the the fact that the plot builds up for like we're expecting Cap and Bucky to go to um, Siberia to fight these other Winter Soldiers, mm-hmm. and then he gets there and it's just Zemo hiding behind some glass, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hi, I killed them all," I and did... he, yeah, like that. That end when he says, "Uh, when you destroy an empire from the inside, that's truly like broken. That's truly." when it falls and I don't like that analogy. I liked that, that analogy. Um, however, I could also, it also be like, have Tony make another, uh, murder <laughs> bot. And I'm pretty sure that the, <laughs> that'll tear them apart too. I will but, say, um,
2: this, that moment kind of reminds me of the WandaVision thing where it was revealed that like Hayward, uh, like wanted in steel vision in the sense that I feel like like two or three years from now, we're going to take that plot point for granted because right now I'm kind of like yeah that mm-hmm. wasn't that doesn't that's not a big deal to me now but I remember in theaters I was like whoa when it happened you know but now it's just kind of mm-hmm. like a given yeah. with this movie so to me yeah. it's like yeah that's that's a good pick uh I also read an interesting point that if like civil war was a mini series that would be like that reveal like with Hayward which is kind of an interesting way to put in structure because to me I don't think about this movie as being like about trying to stop the super soldiers from being revived, but if it was a mini series, I think that plot line would have been more in focus, which would have made the actual mm-hmm. reveal more powerful. But I also think the idea of thought experimenting these movies as a miniseries series is silly. So we shouldn't go there.
1: Uh, well, I mean, as I, as someone who watched it as a mini series, <laughs> <laughs> watched it as a, <laughs> a series, right? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, no, that, that does make sense, and I actually I agree with Tyler. Like, that's that was also my the, I think the best surprise of the film too, because watching it as a mini series, broken up to, like three different days, um, like when that twist came in, I was like, oh, I forgot about this. Like, <laughs> this is actually really really interesting, because yeah, he's like, oh yeah, Zemo just wants to bring them back. You know, he's gonna kill everyone, um. But you know it is you know it subverts, it subverts the expectations not only the audience but also the characters and forces them to adapt to this new to the new goal, uh, to w- to what Zemo really had planned, which leads to that climactic fight that we really like.
0: Mm-hmm. Plus, we we don't like neither Cat Bucky, or Iron Man ever. Like it's Black Panther who resolves everything with. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Zemo, right. it's none of none of them, right. you know. So, so we really do just get them going to the edge of the cliff, and then Zemo kind of steps back, watches them fall off, and then Black Black Panther comes up there and solves everything else, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, with with Zemo, but More sure. Anyways, Danny, what about you? My best surprise huh? is
2: yeah, my best surprise <laughs> is just Giant Man. He's cool. <laughs> I was an expecting than this movie. <laughs> and we got him. <laughs> yeah. That's all. We already talked about why I liked him. I don't need to go into it more. Uh, so anyway, most excited to see more of in the future of the MCU. I'm
0: most excited to see more of how the Sokovia Accords will affect the current MCU and the return to normal because we... Yeah, because the virus
2: is ending, right? We're about to return <laughs> to normal. Right. <laughs> But I mean, so, like yeah, so, how the MCU is. Yeah, I know after, what you're talking about. I just, the snap, I just think in-game. the phrase "return to normal" is really like funny now because we've been saying it for right. a year. We've been like, ah, "When things return to normal, we're going to do this and this." But, and here um, we are, but year but, later, yeah, watching no, I think Singer.
0: like I think that the Sokovia Accords, um, they definitely still have have. I think that they they've got a good. There's a good base argument there it just needs to be better fleshed out which mm-hmm. hey there's there's a civil war 2 comic line that can be adapted um but it's terrible <laughs> is it terrible it's terrible Oh, now i, f- I feel horrible for saying that <laughs> don't now. read it so, well ad- maybe adapted but change you know like me i mean, I mean like well but I mean,
1: but with what i mean going with how MC- i mean I- mcu the marvel cinematic universe is canon as a as a universe in the part of the multiverse for in the comics so like mm-hmm. you know so i'm not too worried about it being an ad- adapt actually adapting things just more like an alternate take in this own universe so like i've been yeah. so like
2: with i've heard that's worse than the original comic
1: oh it is yeah so like I- <laughs> oh, exactly yeah. so like i'm not too worried about like if they do civil war 2 is like oh at least it's not going to be that one <laughs> <laughs>
0: So so yeah, I I think that there's a lot um a lot to be fleshed out there because obviously far from home, Spider Man's just still kind of swinging around doing whatever and uh well yeah so he's just kind of swinging around yeah. and then um, <laughs> even even in Homecoming, which is the was supposed to be directly after this or so many months after this movie. He's just—I don't know. There are still superheroes running around unchecked where the accords were supposed to put an end to that, you know. So I just feel that it. Uh, I'm excited to see more of if we're going to get that fleshed out. Maybe that will be how they bring the thunderbolts in. Right. Uh, maybe that'll be. <laughs> maybe that'll be uh, Thaddeus Ross's answer to keeping them in check. i mean are but, the
1: accords still technically in effect in the universe i feel like they were just kind of i mean like you said kind of just forgotten like i think they mentioned yeah. it in
0: wandavision oh really yeah they may they may have mentioned yeah they i now that you say that danny i think they they have mentioned
1: well they're really loose on they they these accords <laughs> a few times but
0: yeah yeah that's what i'm saying it's like it's kind of like the speed limit I don't know. <laughs> I, but uh what about what about
1: you Kevin? Um I'm interested I'm excited to see how Zemo could still be a big enough threat to warrant a show uh in Falcon and Winter Soldier cuz I feel like it was just kind of tied up pretty well in Civil War like I was like oh like what like what else is this character going to do? It's yeah. that that that's like oh we need a whole show about him 6 hours. Let's go. Um I'm actually am looking forward
2: to Zemo. Yeah, he's probably I, the part of Falcon and Winter Soldier I want to see the most.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that I'm not looking forward to it. I'm just more like I'm just curious. Like, yeah. how is this going to happen? Like, you know, and I and I am looking forward to see how it happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree too. That's he's he's kind of hanging out there with the the accords
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the, yeah. those flimsy uh, Accords.
3: A... <laughs> uh, my
2: most excited to see more of is a cheat uh it's just i don't know it's my takeaway from this movie every time i see it is i want to see more of t'challa uh i won't get it but that's the only takeaway i can really get from this movie so there you go sorry guys well apparently we have what if so no that's that doesn't count (laughs) not in this case all right so now we're going to move on to our predictions segment which is just for this week it's just going to be what do we expect from falcon and winter soldier as a show Tyler, you go first, then Kevin, then me.
1: I feel like we all kind of have um, the same ideas.
0: Yeah, I don't I, think I, 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 I don't see what a, I
2: don't see what I think in the outline.
0: I, I don't expect assume. A, <laughs> don't assume. <laughs> I expect a bromance buddy cop television series, mm-hmm. um, and I'm excited to see what ca- capacity Zemo will play in this, as well as War Machine, because he's supposed to be in this for. I mean, we don't know how long. But I'm ex- excited to see, um, curious to see what he's gonna do in this, and then also um, see what capacity secretary Secretary of State Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross will play.
2: I hope he's in it. I haven't heard if he's in it or not. So yeah. please give me.
0: I I would I would think that they they've got to have him him in it. I'm also more of uh, I'm I'm curious as to how the sh- the whole handing over of the shield will go mm-hmm. to um to uh Falcon because they did they there was a point um when Falcon and Cap were arrested um Cap's Cap'd, Cap asked No cap. Tony he said <laughs> he said hey he said I I guess I shouldn't expect that shield back anytime soon and uh Black Widow turned to him and said technically it's government property so I assume that that's still going to be a through line with this coming up series mm-hmm. but
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, Kevin do you have anything to add? I mean, I have something to add
1: no oh. I mean I, like I, like Tyler said I'm expecting a buddy cop series um, I'm kind of keeping my expectations low I mean that's what I try to do with the Marvel stuff it's just, or just anything yeah. in general just kind of keep my expectations low and just let see what the movie see what it's trying to do and see if it succeeds in what it's trying to do.
2: Yeah, I I will... Uh, well, first, I'll be honest and say I'm not actually... I feel like six weeks of Earth-based MCU sounds a bit rough to me. I think Earth-MCU is kind of boring. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as a host of an MCU podcast, Rip. half of the universe sucks. No, uh, I agree with everything you guys said, but I want to add what I said a few weeks ago uh, in our last hour-long episode, which is I really hope this show tackles race mm-hmm. and what it means to be for a black man to be captain america. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a big aspect of what sam wilson captain america means. Uh, and I think if the show avoids it, it will be pulling its punches. That yep. said, I don't think it will avoid it judging off some interviews I've read with the showrunner, but I have no idea to what capacity it will tackle it. But
1: also seeing so, like how WandaVision like even though it's still like a basic level of dealing of a moral lesson of grief it's still interesting like how deep they decided to go compared to other marvel projects um
2: yeah it's very character-based and i hope that's true for this too
1: right so i I think there is i think i think we may get it i i i'm pretty positive on that
2: okay
0: well all right that's that's well thank you for listening (laughs) thank you for listening to this week's episode of why is with ty and dan You can catch us on various podcasting platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on our website whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. You can also listen to us on YouTube at our channel, Why Is With Ty and Dan.
2: You can also follow us on Twitter at and one because I'm number one. You can also follow me, Danny Brunset, on Letterboxd at Mints for reviews of movies including those not in the MCU unfortunately now including the cat in the hat
1: rip (laughs) uh yeah i'm kevin lau thank you guys for having me on um you can follow me on twitter at author k lau that is a-u-t-h-o-r-k-l-a-u and i also host a podcast called committed critics where we just kind of talk about pop culture and we have a new show coming up soon that we're still in the works of pre-production for uh You you gotta have me on for my obnoxious core idea i do so danny Vincent will appear at some point um, we have a WandaVision talking coming about up soon core. and we will have an episode. We have actually episode coming up soon for Invincible uh, the week it comes out. So it's you also have a
2: WandaVision episode coming out that we haven't, we were uninvited from. <laughs> I so.
1: haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Yeah, no, I like talking about movies, books, comic books, TV shows, video games, all around all kind of pop culture stuff. I work in the indie film scene. So like, you know, if you have any questions about working in the industry, just, you know, you can tweet me and let me know.
2: Alright, uh, that sounds like a good so join us next week when we talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier and probably about the Oscars a bit too, Tyler. I think that will probably happen.
0: Alright. Yeah. Oscar time. Oscar's baby. But more
2: importantly, Oscar time. Where's Oscar Isaac? Where's Moon Knight? Alright. <laughs> bye bye now.
0: Bye. Bye.